On the show today, Steam, Next, and Fest. In three, two, one. That's why, gentlemen. That's why I think Powell's going to be game of the year. Oh, definitely. Yeah, there's no question. Hundred percent. Yeah, Lovander is going to be the one to accept that award. That would be, uh, uh, yeah. And then it's uh, going to win a BAFTA. All the BAFTAs, game of the year. Might even win a Tony. Might even win a Tony. Yeah, uh, Oscar. Tony? Who knows? <laughs> Tony Baloney. Tony Baloney is going to give it a award. If, if they get an OST, they might win a Grammy. That's true. They could win fair. a Grammy. Oh, oh, they're 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 going to be the four timer, right? They're gonna, they're gonna, what, what did they, you got? They might actually win the best Nintendo game of the year. Oh, that would be great. I, I really hope. Oh, you know what would be great is if Pal World was in the next, like, Nintendo Direct. (laughs) You know what? Some editor's gonna see this and they'll be like, I can make that happen. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I can't. can't, Sound effect and everything. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, just edit that in. Take the Nintendo Direct. We have a very big announcement for you. And then just the Power World trailer. <laughs> Enjoy. Anyway, um, all right. Uh, we're actually not talking about Power World on this episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Total Pebble Knockdown. I am Nathan. I am Alex. And with us today is Clayton Calix. Back again. Back again. We're here, to, we're, here to, we're here to talk about something not Power World for once. We we are we're here to talk about Steam Next Fest. I hear it's kind of it's one of your big celebratory weeks of the year, Glenn. <laughs> it's kind of a it's kind of a big deal. I actually take time off of work for this. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, as, as the front, to be fair, there are a lot of games in Next Fest. You need to take time off for it. So many, so many. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a little bit behind the curtain before we jump into our games. I sure. actually take the first day of Next Fest off. So I can just record all day long, and then that way, each day when I come home or before I go to work, I can at least put out one or two extra videos. By the time Monday ended, I already had the entire week done, and it was just the rest of the week was just getting next week ready. Perfect. There you go. Yeah. Nice. Not bad. Excellent. I'm not like Imagine. Other, though I've seen some people who are just like, oh, I played like over a hundred demos, and I'm just like, how do you find the time? I struggle to find the time for 25. How yeah. do they find the time for 100 demos? I don't. Is it just I know. all the... Play for five <laughs> just minutes? all the waking hours? I think so. Eight hours a day. Yeah, these these are probably the same people who go, hey, this game is launching, and I'm taking, like, two days off so I can do the launch of, like, World of Warcraft 4 within. I've done that before. <laughs> I did that with New World. I took two days off when New World yeah. launched. See? I don't do that. I don't. 100% don't do that. For the reasons of, I assume that the time a game is launching, it's going to be the worst time to play in yep. most cases. I can see that, especially when it comes to like MMOs and oh, stuff yep. like that, where you can have choke points. Surface but... drain. So we should probably actually get into Steam Fest, though, as much as the MMO talk is fun. Steam oh. Fest. <laughs> so. Alright, so I played about 24 to 25 demos. That's a lot. That's five a day for five days. Play? Almost, I think but it took me a long time to record them with a full-time job. 
Yeah. I mean, it's a little hard doing a lot of things with a full-time job. Just look at this podcast. Yeah. We do it because we love it. That's true. Yeah. He doesn't even edit it. That's I'm a good thing. I just have to be here and show up and be slightly conscious. <laughs> That's <laughs> we're gonna win a labor of love award. I <laughs> know yes, we are. No, we're gonna get we're move gonna over, get originality. Hello Games. I'm getting the originality <laughs> award for podcast. Clayton. Uh, so that's that's a lot of uh, demos, but did you have ones that you actually cared about talking about today? There's actually quite a few that I, I'm interested in talking about. Okay. Uh, the first one is actually a second look at a game. So I covered this game last Next Fest, which I think was in November of last year. Mm-hmm. It was late last year with the last Next Fest. Um, and it was the last Next Fest of 2023. And this game is called Folklands. It is a relaxing settlement builder with simulated citizens. Um, It's not out yet. On the Steam page, it says it's coming soon. Uh, And the developer is Bromantic Games. Um, I'm on an indie dev Discord server. Right? I'm on an indie dev Discord server, and one of the devs is on there. So I've given that dev feedback before based on my last experience and my current experience. Mm. Um, but when I look at my Steam page for this, and the demo is still available right now as we're recording this, and I believe they they said they're going to keep the demo up. So if you're interested in checking it out yourselves, um, it says, is this game relevant to you? On my Steam page, it says it's like Prison Architect, and I was terrible at that game. Right. What? That was uh, not but that bad of a game. I'm not big on settlement builder games. These, these, these kind of games are not my bread and butter. Mm-hmm. I always have a yeah. difficult time. That's why I don't play like Civ. I don't play any other thing that's like it. I have a love-hate relationship with colony and settlement building games. Yeah. So I fully understand this. Yeah, but my approach to this game and the way they presented their game, especially during the demo, is if you're looking... I look at it this way, and this is just my perspective. If you're looking to get into a colony settlement type builder game like that, Folklands is a great way to start. Mm Mm-hmm. Like they do a little bit of hand holding, which is not bad, but it feels really easy to get into, and I don't feel overwhelmed by the mechanics. And after five ten minutes, like, all right, good luck for the rest of your adventure, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of the bugs that I encountered in the first playthrough, I did not have the second time around. I've had people that get stuck by the buildings. I had people who wouldn't do their jobs, um, things like that. This time, that didn't happen. They fixed a lot of issues. I did have a problem though with my settlement catching on fire towards the end of my report. <laughs> that's not a problem. That's a feature. And I, for the life of me, don't know how that happened. But that wasn't a thing in the last time. That's something that they added. And it's very interesting, you know, which you'll understand as a settlement builder goes. But sure. in that game, you know, you it, on their Steam page, it says you can build up and manage a settlement and care for your folks in this relaxing settlement builder with simulated citizens. And it is kind of relaxing but until the panic okay. happens. So you're providing shelter, you're guaranteeing a steady supply of food for them, resources and products, and the map is pretty generous, and you can almost start anywhere you want on the map that you're in mm-hmm. when you build the settlement. Uh, I didn't get too far into trading and diplomacy, but there is that mechanic in the game as well. Uh, okay. And then, of course, the adversities of fires and stuff. Yeah. And also, it says on here, it's never the same game twice. So the, the, the worlds are generally uh, procedurally generated. 
Yeah, a lot of like colony games will be like that, where they're just kind of like, yeah, we're just gonna give you a seed, and like even even how Minecraft is, it's like here's a seed, here's your map, this is where all the resources are now scattered. Good luck. Yeah, I think uh, I made the seed like Next Fest or Steam Next Fest 2024, something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you you build your you build your settles your settlement, you build the houses for them, you build the well, you build the market, um, homes for them, and you you just you just sit back and watch them. And I don't know how other settlement builders are like this, but you can, it's a good, decent zoom in and zoom out. Like, you can really zoom in and watch them work. Yeah, sure, uh, sure. They click on them for prompts and stuff. Mm. All in all, it's not a bad game. It's, you know, I don't know when it's coming out. It doesn't even say what year it's coming out. It just says coming soon. <laughs> Great. Soon. Within the next but century. But it says single player. It says online PvP and land PvP. So, and cross-platform multiplayer. So okay, you can look forward to that for Folklands as well. Sure. Did you uh, find it interesting? Since this is like the one, I'm gonna guess this is like the one demo where you actually went back because you had played previously. Did you notice? Uh, was it interesting seeing the evolution of it? It was. It, it very much was. The game feels uh, much more polished within the last three to four months since last Next Fest. Mm. With it, like even their loading screen was different. Yeah, for it. And when the loading screen happens, you know, like sometimes some games will have like the text like World of Warcraft. When you're loading in a map, it says like, uh, "Don't stand in a fire" or "Don't jump say off something stairs. funny at the bottom." Don't jump yeah. off stairs. Don't jump off stairs. This yeah. game has that too, and I I fed them a bunch of quotes in the Discord last time about. It. I was like, I thought this would have been funny or this this, uh, and I think one of the ones I mentioned actually got in there. I don't remember which one it is, uh, but when I see it, I might recognize it. Mm, and the only reason why I played this game, I don't know if I mentioned it before, is because the dev asked me if I if I would be interested in covering it again. Nice. Because they were putting it up again for the, this current next fest, and it it definitely feels like a different game. Like yeah. it's still the same sub- relaxing settlement builder, and it really is relaxing. Mm. Um, right up until the fires. Oh yeah, up until the fires happened. Mm-hmm. And then it was I don't I don't understand what happened because I had a place for them to get water. Yeah, I, I think I had built uh, uh, the quote-unquote fire department that you have in the game, and somebody was assigned to it. It's just they weren't putting out the fire, so I don't, I don't, I don't know if that was uh, a bug or if that was just them being like, eh, yeah, it's, it's a little cold here anyway, so we're just gonna let it burn. <laughs> just sure. need to warm up a little bit. Just let me toast by the yeah. fire. Mm-hmm. All in nice. all, I, I thought it was a fun game. If if someone's on the on the fence about getting into a settlement builder because they think it's too overwhelming, because you know they see like games like I don't know Age of Empires, I think might be one, or you know Civ Civ games, any of the Civ games. Yes, yeah, Civ is a little uh, different only, than the settlement Civ... builder, anyway. So, True. but like I mean, the only Civ, Civ a... game I ever played was Beyond Earth. Yeah, well, and I well, bought Civ that game because a... I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, Civ is more of a 4X than a city or a settlement builder, anyways. Yeah, that's true. Um, You don't really have to deal with micromanagement in the same way for Civ that you do for, like, a settlement or colony game. Uh, Generally speaking, colony games, you gotta deal with individual people and their problems and, like, the logistics of building a colony or city. Uh, Civ, you usually just have to be like, ah, yes, I've got a city, and I just have to make sure that I tell them to build a granary once in a while. Well, I guess more to this game would be more like, you know, your city skylines, planet zoo, 
Project Frontier, Timberborn, things like that. Sure. My my question like, is, does it have a story? And I'm just like, I mean, I only played about 25 minutes of the demo. Usually my videos go almost 40 minutes, but my village caught on fire. Then, yeah. You can recover. <laughs> you can recover. Not financially. I will never financially recover Not from this game. <laughs> this five. But, um, Star it is on my wish list. Again. In, in, in conclusion to that game, I will say this game's on my wish list. I will more than likely probably buy the game. Uh, I know I'm not going to be great at the game, but I'll, I'll get better over time. I, I recognize that my village setup this time around was vastly different from my village setup the first time around. Right. So right. that was that was my second look at Folklands, and I'm actually interested to see where they go from here. Moving on to another game, though, how do you both feel about tactics-based games? Not typically mm. a fan, personally, but I will admit that sometimes tactics based games can be okay. Baldur's Gate, for so, instance, would fall into that category. Right. Yes, what about you, would. Nathan? Oh, uh, yeah, I I like myself an XCOM of sorts once in a while, if it's if it's that kind of a tactics game. Um, Nathan woke up and chose violence with that. Yes, I did. <laughs> XCOM. XCOM 2, baby. Yeah, <laughs> typically you, not you, personally played... my forte. Yes. Have either of you played like the Japanese style tactics? So like the Final Fantasy tactics, Advanced War. Uh, no. Like well, that. Nathan doesn't do JRPGs, so no. But even in the tactics well, one, I really haven't. No. Well, this one that I played uh, is based off of Japanese tactics-based games, and it is called Sword of Convalaria. And I played right the name. demo for that. Yeah, I didn't get super far into it. Um, mostly just through the intro stuff which was all that was covered in my video. Right. Uh, I wish I, I was able to cover more, but it's also Japanese voice acting. Nice. Uh, I don't know if they you have an English? English setting on there. I don't know if they have an English setting on there, uh, but it is... Uh, uh, the captions are in English. Oh. Well, it's uh, out for me, or the voice But the, the voice acting is all in Japanese. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. but the voice acting is all in Japanese. So yeah. usually I will read out the text that I see, but since I realized it was Japanese voice acting, I didn't do any of the reading out loud. You know, so the Smart. viewer can just read it with their eyeballs and listen to the voice acting. Because I don't want to take away from the voice acting. I, I would know, have I, and turned... And I enjoy games... You would have turned it off, I know. I enjoy I games that has the... voice acting in it. I like voice acting in games. I do not like Japanese voice acting, and I will die on this hill even with anime. Well, Damn. maybe you'll play the game. Maybe you'll give it a shot. I don't know. It is a <laughs> on Steam page. It says it is a fantasy tactical RPG revitalizing the beloved Japanese turn-based and pixel art genre. You will collect oh. and train a roster of mercenaries, customize your squad, and use your own strategy to save the nation. Uh, and oh. you'll journey through a world of plot twists where every choice you make will reshape your destiny. So that tells me just by observing that that it has a lot of replayability and if you've ever played like fable like games where it's like the choices you make matter like sure. no two runs going to be the same you could be benevolent in one run you could be malicious in another run you could be sure. you know, kind of in between um right i did look up the game a little bit i don't know if they're going to have a cash shop or pay to win shop or anything mm. like that because their steam page says free to play so there's going to be a yeah. free-to-play tactics-based game. 
So it's is probably it gonna XLR, be you said? It's only gonna, but it's only gonna be a single player game. Oh, huh? Weird. And maybe they're just yeah. doing it for love. Okay. Maybe. I mean, the the publisher and the developer is XDs. I don't know much about them. And you said what? It's convoluted sword game. Was that what it was? Con- I didn't say it was a convoluted sword game. I said it was Convalence. sword of Convalaria. See, it sounds Convalaria. See, it sounds like convoluted sword game to me. Well, it's a JRPG based game. The the plot is convoluted. I guess so. But go but, look at Kingdom Hearts. Does it does it play a little bit like maybe um like Fire Emblem? I yeah, I would say you could Gaia. you could put it up there with Fire Emblem okay. in that style too, yeah. Okay. Yeah, probably I've actually like played a, a couple of Fire Emblem titles. Sure. I have not. Sure. sure. Um I'm thinking Disgaea from what I know of like tactical JRPGs. Disgaea. I've not played that, but I know I of it. Yeah, I assume so it's like uh kinda two point five D kinda isometric uh grid based. The more about this game is that it says it has a profound story. You're journeying through Kill a place God. called Iria Iria I R I A. Uh it is a mineral rich country whose magic resources have drawn unwanted attention from dangerous external factions. As, they as do. tensions rise and riots break out, it is up to you as a mercenary leader to navigate complex situations while finding ways to save the fate of that country. And it has a choice-based narrative. So, oh. your decisions will shape how your town evolves. Now, I don't know if that means, like, you have a town that you build up. You know, like, with some games where it's like, oh, you build, like, some roguelites, you build up the area that you're in, and then you go out on those missions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this game will be like that when they mention that you shape how your town evolves and influence the unto- uh, unfolding story. Sure, sure, so sure. You sure. can build relationships and skills to your advantage mm-hmm. in this game. Relationships. So I, think it, you know, I think it'll be like a little bit like the Baldur's Gate-ish in a sense. You know, you make your choices for, for good or for ill. Sure. Yeah. This. Uh, I'm just looking at some of the uh, screenshots right now, and this does look a lot like Fire Emblem. Uh, but with uh, maybe a little bit more customization for like towns and uh, you know like actually going into towns that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that like when I, I I don't even remember which Fire Emblem I played, but there were those sections like between battles where you would talk to other members of your team and you'd build relationships and get special skills and stuff like that that you would use in the next battle. And hope that your guys didn't die. Um, so, so this looks kind of yeah. like that. Um, but we haven't had a Fire Emblem game for a little bit. Uh, I think they did Three Houses maybe three or four years ago. So, filling a niche. And, I mean, free to play, like, it's already on my wish list. I'm more than likely just going to pick this game up too. Because I really want to explore sure. farther into the game. And see what kind of choices I can make with it. Like, I want to get farther than... Obviously, I did with the demo. I am, however, seeing very large numbers over people's heads, and that always uh, makes me uh, concerned. Great. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, but I seem to have an aversion when games decide to throw out very, very large numbers for damage oh. and uh, hit points and stuff like that. You would enjoy the latest cold take on Second Wind. Yeah, I, I was looking at uh, the video you shared, Clayton. Uh, probably not a game I personally would play. I'm not a huge pixel art or tactics person, so both of those are, are uh, negs to me. 
unless it was like very interesting and premise to me, I'd be like, eh. I might stream it, but it's, it's free to play, so it might be just an offline game for me. You know, fair. It's not like I thought it was very good, and it, it reminded me a lot. I, I, it's, I only played very few Fire Emblem games, but I played so much when Final Fantasy Tactics came out. And I've been playing tactics-based games for a long time. Like, we're talking about, like, the console days. Games like Shining Force, I played. And that was Super NES? Shining Force is a really old game. Uh, Another game that I've played, actually, since... I like doing a lot of farming in games. I don't know if any of you know this, but I I grind at Nazimov resources. And I hoard them because, you know, you never know when you're going to need 10,000 lumber... 10,000 stone or all yeah. these flowers that you've been collecting for hours on end. There is a game called Isometria, which also has a planned release date of 2024, so sometime this year. And it is by publisher and developer Big Whoop Games. Big Whoop. And on their Steam page, it says Embark on an isometric odyssey, solo or with friends. Craft, explore, and conquer in a procedurally generated world. Face monsters, unearth treasures, and forge your destiny. Uh, I played this game as a Steam uh, Next Fest demo video, uh, mm-hmm. but I also streamed it very recently as well. Um, I think I kind of streamed as, some of it too. I think it's played as much of it as I wanted to. I was having internet issues mm. last night, uh, but I did encounter one of the bosses, and I, I, I made terrible mistakes because I didn't think that's what was going to happen, and I accidentally summoned the boss. Oops. And it all just went downhill over there. Oh, the game is very beautiful. Um, it it says it says it's relevant to me because I played Power World in Valheim, but I it, I, I don't think it's like Power World at all. No, uh, I think that's isometric, a wrong typically. assumption for Steam to make. I would look yeah. at it as more like maybe a Valheim or uh, a Terraria, you know, in sure. that sense. But not like not like side scrolling like Terraria. Hmm. Um. But the game is the game is fun. It, I believe it's being developed by one person. Uh, that person is also very active on social media, the Big Whoop Games Twitter account or X account, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're taking suggestions. You know, I've mentioned some things. Uh, the way you collect resources in that game, it feels like if your mouse cursor isn't actually touching it, you're not mining it, even though it looks like it might be. Um, oh, mm-hmm. so there seems like a little bit of issues in in that regards for isometria. That was like the only real issue that I've encountered. I didn't I didn't think I counted any of the bugs. I encountered quite a bit of the creatures in the game. I did quite a bit of farming in the thirty in the demo that I recorded in uh, the stream that I did. I did much farther. I I built a small little base for me, put up some walls, some protection, some doors, you know, so I can protect myself at night from the creatures. Because the fires that you, the torches that you place, does not keep them away. It will keep them from spawning in that area, but they'll still run towards you from outside the area. Mm. So there is a level of danger. Uh, you this just game put torches has a danger everywhere. Cycle. I mean, you could, <laughs> but it's better to build up your fortifications. The game has a day-night cycle, uh, and night is where the danger happens. Yes, there are monsters during the day too, but they seem a bit more aggressive at night. Which is yeah, that's lots pretty, Minecraft. That's no, that's pretty <laughs> yep. standard fare for most games that have that yeah, kind but, of anything. But the tent, bed, spawn point things that you can make, you, it doesn't let you sleep. 
to wake up to the next day. Oh. Um, I don't know if they're going to add that or not. And I don't think that is a negative for that. Like, if the game wants, if the developer wants you to also explore the game at night, I can understand why you can't sleep. You just got to rough it through the night then. Yes. Yeah. I feel like it should be optional. But if they, they. I don't know how the game will be in the full release. In the demo, you're decked out. You've got a sword, uh, a short dagger, uh, an axe, uh, a pickaxe, a shovel, and a hammer. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've already got a bunch of tools. So you can start knocking, knocking stone, knocking wood, start building up stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. If the full release is the same way as well, I think that'll be great. Because then you, you like you literally just dropping people in and be like, "Go on, have fun." I would yeah. like to make a side note where. I've played enough of these survival crafting games where all of them start with you going, I need you to pick up some stones and some sticks and fashion yourself a stone axe. Yeah. I I would like to find a, an in-game reason for any of these games for you to know how to make any of the things that you are able to craft. Like, I want a survival crafting game that you're either an engineer or come across like an engineering manual where it's like yeah to make a a pickaxe you have to do this and then to make another one here's how to actually like smelt ingots here's temperatures and stuff doesn't have to go into details doesn't have to go into the nitty-gritty but like give me an in-universe reason that i know how to make a refrigerator suddenly (laughs) (laughs) You, you just have the knowledge yeah, it's like it's like in Power World how it's, it's like, like oh, I suddenly know how to make a musket. I know how to make a circuit board now. What? Where did this come from? Hey, you're just that good. Next thing you know, you're gonna say, "I know kung fu," and Morpheus is gonna look at you and go, "Show me." Oh, hey, yes. that explains every one of them. You're just in the Matrix, Alex. That's probably true. Every single one of them, you're just in the Matrix. That works. Perfect. Yep. If I ever come across right. one of those games, I'll let you know. Perfect. Where they where they actually <laughs> tell? I think I think there was one that I've been meaning to pick up that ca- called like Green Hell, and ha- you learn how to do stuff by you have like a manual, <laughs> and he, like if you need to like wrap your wounds or suck out poison or something, there's like a manual that tells you about it. So Perfect. You pull, it's, it's you've like, read a book. You've read a book. Hey, there you go. There's an in-game reason. On the section it says, shape your world your way. Bring your adventure, or begin your adventure armed with just a handful of basic tools. I think the full release will also, you'll have all those basic tools that I mentioned. You okay. know, you transform your surroundings through sweat and toil, you know, crafting powerful weapons and sturdy armor, which, by the way, you can mix and match armor in that game. So you could you could put up, like, wood or metal armor for armor points, but the creatures also drop resource materials, and you can craft stuff out of that, which increases other stats, like health or speed and things sure. like that. Sure, this is my bare so, armor. So mm-hmm. mine was head, armor, legs, feet was... Uh, head, armor, legs was metal armor, and then everything else was like... Because you can kill the slime and get their resources. So I had like slime-based shoulder armor that I had and uh, gloves and boots, and the boots gave me more speed. I was like, I had a little bit of offense and defense. You do gain levels in this game, but there's not an experience bar, so you don't know how much experience you have. It'll just tell you, hey, you leveled up, and you can allocate a point into, Hmm. like, attack or defense Hmm. or uh, intelligence. So uh, I believe there might be some magic in this game. Uh, I've not encountered it yet. Uh, Sure. But then again, I don't know how much the demo gives out, like the full demo. Uh, Pace your adventure. You can play at your own rhythm. 
from a leisurely pace to an exhilarating rush. Isometria grants you the freedom to chart your own course with boundless possibilities available right from the start. So you don't even have to rush to end game. You could just enjoy the game as you see fit. The game's gonna have five distinct biomes in it, over twenty different enemy types, each with their own strategies and challenges. I don't know how the multiplayer will be for it. It'll be very interesting to see how that works. Do you know how many、uh, players are going to be able to do for a multiplayer? I I do not. I mean, the Steam page says online co-op and LAN co-op. Uh, I would assume four then. Four probably. So, yeah. Yeah. Normally, they usually start with four. I know that Stardew Valley, when they did、uh, mm. multiplayer, they started with four, but I think they're up to like eight now. You can actually have in a 16, game. Sixteen, I think, with mods. Oh, maybe sixteen. Yeah, yeah. I think it's sixteen with mods. Oh, okay. So I think there's a, I think there's mods where you can have more than what they allow, but it, sure. It, I think it degrades the performance. Like you have more chance of. I would imagine the, the, that world crashing or having an issue. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. Usually, I mean, I I enjoy Isometria. It's it's fun.、Uh, it's got some little kinks here and there, but it's like、uh, it's like I said. I think it's one developer, just like Stardew Valley was. So it's、sure. a huge labor of love project on it.、Um, the environment is beautiful.、Uh, it gives me a a kind of a blend of Minecraft and Terraria.、Mm-hmm. Like、if you'd merge the styles of those together and stuff. Yeah,、uh, with their own unique twist to it. There are cave systems in this game as well.、Uh, they are deadly. I've almost I I died. I think in one of them. <laughs> sure.、Uh, as soon as I got in there, because there are, there are big spiders in in that cave, and、oh, I、sure. was not expecting to get hit in the face right off the gate. Yeah.、Um, but yeah, the world the world is very open. You can run around wherever you want, and it doesn't handhold.、Uh, it doesn't be like, oh, you've unlocked this workbench. This is how you make whatever skills or whatever. You know,、sure. half the fun is learning it on your own. Yeah, yeah. I like the、uh, like. I'm looking at some screens right now, and I like that they're doing the like classic like 2.5 style of、uh, graphic design. That the, yeah, the old isometric design that they yeah that's usually when a game these days is like isometric they do the 2.5D a lot of times right right but or or the faux 3D right 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 but that is a different perspective than like what you would see in a Minecraft or a Terraria because Terraria well, is more side scroller and yeah Minecraft in 3D、person. yeah first person yeah. Um, but this is a this is a good way to present it. This kind of makes me think of like the throwbacks to like classic RPGs, but they're doing it as a survival crafting game. So that's cool. You know what?、Mm. I can I can absolutely see that. Yeah. Because I'm watching I'm watching my video on on one of my other monitors, and I can absolutely see that now, like the old school style RPG look. Yeah. And I was kind of trying to figure out for myself, you know, why this game has such a nostalgic look for me, and I couldn't quite place it. Yeah. Yeah. It's- Kind of like、uh, Project Zomboid, which has that isometric view too. It's true. It's true. But when、mm-hmm. I'm when I'm looking at when I'm looking at the style and everything, it does kind of remind me of like the old CRPGs or like Fallout or you know like when since I like Spiderweb Software, like when they did Exile、um, or you know, Avernum or those kinds of games. But those were like RPGs. But they use the same kind of perspective and look for their game world. As this,、uh, so they're taking that and then they're making it into like a, a survival crafting game, which is I hear very big these days,、uh, and, uh, and so 
So it's a it's a neat idea. I'll keep track of this too, just because I like the idea of like when you have those singular developers that come up with passion projects that they want to make, uh, and yeah, uh, with with a very distinct style and an idea behind it. So I think I'm gonna yeah, plus, keep an eye on this. Plus, you're a huge fan of Stardew Valley. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I I do. This is uh the Stardew Valley of Pal World, right? This is this this is Pal but World. But without the game. capturing. You do, well, you never know what the full release yeah, is going to be. That's the next thing they're going to put in. I think I joked at them on Twitter too like uh just capturing a bunch of slime, just having like a pipe, like a yeah. Mario-esque like well, then pipe it's slime just, rancher. The slime just pop out of it. I love Slime Rancher. Don't don't despair. I've not played it. I have a friend who played it a lot, and I used to watch her play it. Uh, one more thing I'll say about Isometria is mm-hmm. that their crafting menu, and item menu, and inventory, like you can tell, it, it, it I believe it pulls inspiration from uh, Terraria as well because it it's much the same. Whereas like you're using the scroll wheel, uh, sure. if your mouse has a scroll wheel to move, you know, to crafting items and stuff. Oh yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. You could tell it pulls inspiration and, and ideas from different areas and uses it and adds to it for itself. Well, a lot of a lot of indie games are going to pull from somewhere uh, because they've been inspired by them so much. And I can totally understand why this particular game would get inspiration from something like Terraria. It, it, besides the perspective part, it sounds like a lot of the mechanics, like the, a lot of the gameplay features are similar. There's two more games I want to talk about. Okay. Um... The first one is a roguelike bullet hell. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I'm so scared. I played quite a few of these. <laughs> Actually, the next two ones I'm going to talk about are going to be bullet hells. But one of them, I think, was really, really unique. And a lot of fun. So, this game is called Necrosmith 2. And it's actually coming out soon. So, the game is released uh, is, is scheduled to drop on March 26th of this year. And on their Steam page, it says, Like a dead man reanimated by dark sorcery, the Necromancer Simulator is back. Because it's a sequel. Um, mm-hmm. Give the undead the ability to fly over the mountains and swim across the rivers. Explore a fully generated world at night and fend off enemy hordes during the day. This game is a roguelike, but it is a... I wouldn't even say a city. It's more like a zombie builder. You know, because you're building these creatures and you're sending them mm-hmm. out. And you can set them up in different ways right before you summon them. So as you're building them. So if I wanted to build one and just have it have the hand mm-hmm. icon on it, I mean, it'll go up. It'll randomly go off on its own and explore the map, collect things, you know, and open things up. Uh, if I sure. give it the shield, it, it'll defend the tower. It'll stay by the tower. It'll defend it and all that. Oh, so okay. you can you can you can make a bunch and just send them off. You can keep a couple by the base because the base does get attacked at night pretty frequently. So you want to be able to defend your tower. Yeah. You can summon even bigger undead creatures uh, that are huge, like titans. And you'll have ability perks in the game as well. I don't know if it was in the video that I recorded, but when I was streaming it, uh, the demo is actually a lot shorter than you, you think it is. Because the other day I wanted to play two games. I wanted to play. I wanted to stream uh, Nimrod's Guncraft Survival for two hours, and then I wanted to uh, stream oh, yeah. Necrosmith Two for the other two hours. Yeah. Uh, Didn't you finish the I demo? I finished the Necrosmith and you had Two to go demo back to... in like thirty minutes. 
Yeah, and then and you were like, I guess I'll play more Power World. Yeah, so I went, I went to go play Power World after that, because it's like my tower didn't get destroyed. I, I guess I opened up enough of the map, or enough time had el- uh, eclipsed in the game, which is like, thanks for trying the demo. So I was a little disappointed in that. Uh, yeah. I wish it would have let me keep going until my tower got destroyed, and it could have just made it increasingly harder and harder. Yeah. But you can. But when I played the second time on stream, uh, I found out that I had powers and abilities, so I could meteor strike a certain area. I could summon a cat. That the only purpose of the cat was to run around and grab loot off the field. When you kill creatures in this game, they drop loot. You you can you can control your zombies individually and have them walk over and pick up the loot themselves. Or you could summon the cat to do it for you. And it, the cat's out for like X amount of seconds. And then it has a cooldown, of course. You had said this was a bullet hell. But it sounds more like a management game. Yeah, well, I mean, it's listed as a bullet hell. But it's it's a, it's a more of a tower defense bullet hell. Sure, yeah, yeah. No, game. I, I games are often I mean, listed the only as things you have that they are is, not. Yeah. But, I mean, well, I mean, it has a big tower. You do have to defend it. Sure, tower defense. Yeah. I mean, though, I, I guess the only bullet hell would be the creatures that shoot and defend your tower. Because you are being attacked by waves of enemies. Yeah, well, tower defense. But I, would, I can see it's, for it's sure. also management as well, because you gotta select which zombies you want. You can build any type of zombie you want. So there's like orc body parts, skeleton body parts, lizard body parts, and those are just the three different ones that I experienced in the game. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, and you can craft different ones. So you could be like the head and the body of an orc, right? The arms of a lizard. And the legs of a of a flimsy skeleton as your creature, Perfect. and send it out into battle, and then figure out how it's holding up its weight on two bony legs. I don't have to figure it out. Necromancy, that's how. Yeah, so I think that's a really interesting mechanic for this game. Uh, it is on my wish list, and I more than likely am going to buy this game when it comes out. So I do want to explore more of this game. My only criticism, and I mean it's just because it's a demo, and. I try not to criticize games too much. We, I, we've talked about this in depth last time um, in in the live videos. Where I try not to criticize games too much, mainly because they're demos, and you, I, I, I try to consider them works in progress. Sure. I feel like the zombies move a little too slow. What I mean by that is when you control them and move them. I would like if there was a way, and maybe there is a way, and I just haven't discovered yet or explored it yet, for them mm-hmm. to move faster. Either on their own or when you're specifically controlling that one because if i want to be like hey you missed this over here i want to i want you to go over there you're going pretty slow unless i can rts style it a bit and be like click on them and then right click an area and then walk towards it which i don't know if that's a thing or not i'd actually have to play the game again to find out um but mm-hmm. if it's not i would like to see that to be a thing because then you can i guess micromanage a little bit more the undead basically that you have roaming around the map for you there are areas in the map that bring you mana well the mana or the the soul essences uh i forget what the exact thing is called in the game um but you you use those to summon the creatures and there's treasure on the map there's uh towers that you can get to bring in resources every night so I, i don't know how vast the map is oh i remember how now i got the cat so I got the cat because I unlocked it when I played the demo the first time. It's the only thing I think you can unlock. Maybe there's uh, a dog too. Well, with the money you get, you unlock things in your inside your tower, which benefit oh. you on your next run. And that's that's where the roguelike part comes in. Because when my first run, I'm looking at the video now, I didn't have the cat available to me as a summon. But in the second run, I do have the cat because I bought it in the first after the first run. 
Okay. Like I okay. said, that cat will that cat will run around the map. And it'll it'll gra- gather loot for like ten or fifteen seconds. Mm-hmm. However long it's out. That's a that's kind of a classic rogue, not like, but a, a rogue light element where you're able to get upgrades and other elements that you you're able to buy that then become common uh, possible yeah. pickups. So that's a that's a good element yeah. to keep yeah. for replay. That's, that's why I enjoy rogue lights uh, far yeah. more than typical rogue likes. Yeah, because there's Cause no yeah, yeah, and usually roguelikes can get boring after a while because you're recycling a lot of the same stuff. Even when you jump from roguelike to roguelike, the mm-hmm. one the thing I liked about this one was it added the tower defense element to it. Yeah, you know, I've I've played Rogue of Ganesha for hours on end. I've played Vampire Survivors. I've played you know all these other different types of bullet hells, especially last year because they got really popular last year. Mm-hmm. They're still popular today. You know, there's a crowd of people that love them. I think Necrosmith Two is an excellent game. Uh, and I think it'll continue to be an excellent game when it comes out. I don't know if it's a one-and-done type of game. You know, I don't know if they're going to ad- release additional content or DLCs for this game or stuff over time or if it's just, this is the full release, have fun, beat the game. Well, I feel like if you want to know about that, you can look at what they did for the first game since this is a sequel. Yeah, I'm actually going to have to go check out the first one too. See if I'll enjoy yeah. that one too. Maybe I'll pick that mm-hmm. one up as well. Did look interesting but maybe not like something i would play for a long time but who knows so the way i look at roguelikes like this or or bullet holes like this is i don't want to play them for a really long time i want to be able to maybe play an hour or two you know jump in jump out because and it's not and this is not a dig to anybody who makes or develops bullet hole games uh there's other games i want to play too but if i want to unwind or maybe i want to just try something different once I'll, i'll come home maybe i'll play a roguelike maybe i'll play a bullet hell for like an hour or two and then it's like all right i'll go to power world or i'll go to new world or i'll go back to world of warcraft yeah but i have these other games that i can play in between you know and that really is not a knock because game developers want you to play games even if it's not their game they want you to play and enjoy games it's why they make games in the first place uh even when like nathan had gotten me vampire survivors i think for christmas maybe yeah yeah i wanted Something you like to, that i wanted you to deal with my crack <laughs> cocaine yeah, game your, your addiction to my it. video and crack. like and i can i can 100 percent see why people enjoy it there's that like casino pull of doing a, a run that lasts maybe 30 minutes and then being like oh maybe next run will be better you know it definitely bullet hells uh and bullet heavens as i think they're also more commonly referred to in that time um they're very good at that they're very good. They they figured out the formula for let's get people in, make it difficult, give them a bunch of upgrades they can do to make the next run possibly better, and just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. The issue that I have, again, like you said, there's not a lot of variation, even with all the upgrades you can get in a bullet hell and a bullet heaven, and the roguelite elements, the amount of variation from run to run is not usually a ton they're still fun and speaking of variations the last game i want to talk (laughs) about is nimrod's guncraft survival because if you want to talk about variations and unique runs you have to look no further than nimrod's nimrod's i think checks all of those boxes and it was probably my favorite game to play throughout the entire next fest week so Nimrod's Guncraft Survival is a shoot 'em up gun uh, customization type of game. 
by 5AMP as the publisher and developer. It's slated to come out sometime this year. The demo is still available. Steam tells me that it's relevant to me because I've played Realm of the Mad God Exalt and Risk of Rain 2. Uh, yeah, sounds about right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hey, here's a question for you super quick, Clayton, because I know you played it for a number of hours, I assume. Um, mm-hmm. In the settings, did you have auto-aim or auto-fire turned on, or were you manually doing it all? I think in the video that I recorded, I think I might have had auto-aim and auto-shoot turned on. Uh, when I streamed it, I had auto-aim on, but I was sh- shooting the bullets myself. Okay. So, And I like that. I, I'm glad you brought that up, because I thought that was a uh, really interesting uh, setting for them to have in this game because usually you don't have that in games like this where you know this one is just you could have you use WASD like move your character yeah. all over the map you could literally just vampire survivors the whole thing and everything shoots at yeah. whatever for you right yeah so what I really like about this game is your first run is going to be rough uh, as first runs usually are mm-hmm. using a pistol like bullet yeah. hell survivor type games yeah so you build your weapon each time you level up you can add a augmentation to your to your firearm whether it's the the pistol the assault rifle the ak whatever it is that you have each upgrade changes how your play style is going to be for that game you could build towards more attack you could build towards more crit you could eventually work into getting health regen because you're going to need it eventually you could build into more bullets, a bigger, a bigger magazine clip, bigger bullets, um, accuracy, bullet gener- bullet generation, uh, rate of fire, different, yeah, different patterns of fire, yeah, different patterns of fire as well, XP gain, resource drop rate, things like that. After you wipe your first run, you have a drone in that game. After you wipe your first run, you know, get as far as you can in it. Don't just get in and get out. Uh, I would encourage you to really push your first run. And the reason why is when you go into your second run, you can you keep your gun with you. You don't lose that gun unless you sell it. You can take that gun and give it to your drone. And then you can jump in to another run with your basic pistol. Or unless you've unlocked another firearm. And then your drone levels up. And as your drone levels up, it unlocks everything that you got previously in your first run for that specific gun that the drone has oh so so for so you while you're building a second Nathan. gun yeah yes yeah so while you're, I think while, I you're get this. while you're leveling up while you're leveling up and building a second gun your drone is leveling up and rebuilding the gun you did in your first run. yeah 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 okay so there there so your drone is like one run behind you basically uh, no yes. yes but no so um the way Clayton describes it is mostly correct. Uh, you can keep the guns that you use. Yeah. So you do a run and you die. Yeah. The uh, the your death scene is like the drone that's there takes your gun off and comes back to the ship. Okay. You reincarnate or whatever the hell it is they explain it or yeah. you're a different person. The gun that you used last run is on your ship. You can sell it or you can keep it in storage or you can equip it to the drone that you've got. Okay. All right. And I believe there's, I think, four spots for storage where you can put different firearms you've made. I believe so, yeah. Hmm. Um, Selling them is viable. Good way to make money. But also, if you say had a really good run, you made a really cool firearm that's like AOE, really fast fire rate, crit rate. Sure. Give it to your drone. 
and that thing will just auto fire and as he said it will level up automatically and it rebuilds that gun with every attachment augmentation you put on the last gun there are parts you can get for your gun when building it that increase partner stuff so if you have it and it says your partner gets this bonus then i believe it would give that to your drone for the run but if then you equip that gun on your drone when it hits that level you're going to get a bonus from your drone to your person so those are Mm. viable builds as well Mm. there is a lot of really cool stuff you can do with that though Hmm. yeah there's there's almost no wrong way to build your weapon you you could actually change it up too uh Mm -hmm. the way he said like you could your first run get out of the way your second run oh there's also uh, weapon element types so you could have an electric electric weapon or you could have a freeze weapon i think you can also have a burn weapon too you can um, have an yeah. I had a yeah. gun that had yeah. napalm and a really high and, rate of fire. Yeah. And boy, so just you could build everything. So you could be in a run where you want to, maybe you want to on that run and you can attempt it. To try and really focus on building a gun or an assault rifle or any other type of firearm that you have. And maybe try to build a frost build on it. Sure. Because your drone's going to get that frost build while you work on another build. Because the frost can freeze or it sometimes slows down the enemies sure and when it gets really hectic it's going to get really hectic and you want to be able to have every single advantage you can to try and just squeeze out as much more as you can in that run to mm-hmm. bring back home to your base yeah you know? the map is very big i didn't get to explore all the map uh i did make a comment in my live stream of i hope that they add different biomes to this game where you can drop in on a different map hue no. to another biome in that same map so I ended up in a bee biome, uh, which was instant regret because the bees are very unforgiving in that game. Oh yeah, when you they attack their hives. You. Oh yeah, they swarm you and they swarm you hard. Nice. So, uh, I don't know it. how many biomes are going to be in that game, uh, but I think it's all going to be in just one giant map, and that's cool. I hope uh, they have multiple maps because that would be. I, great. I do too. Mm-hmm. I, I I I do too. Like I hope that. Maybe they do it in a way where you either you uncover the entire map or you uncover X amount percentage of a map and maybe you either unlock a new map that way or maybe you have to fight a unique boss to unlock another map. To me that's something that I would enjoy, like having to explore the map and be like, Oh, this is a this is a boss I've not seen in previous runs. What happens yeah. if I kill this boss? I kill this boss, I unlock a new map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do have um points of interest as well is what i'll call them objective points certain things that you have to either hold a point while the enemies swarm at you or uh perhaps you have to i think i saw you do it when you were playing you have to kill a certain number of enemies while you're in a points area yep Um, well no not while you're in it they have to be in that circle and die oh yes thank you Um, you're basically hiding them into it Right, so there's a couple things like that where it's either you take and hold, or you do that, or uh, there's these towers you can destroy that shoot at you, and I think when you get whatever they drop, it collects all of the experience orbs around you. Um, yeah, the tower, I, the towers in there, they drop like that green sparkly stuff, which yeah. is basically your magnet. I think the collection radius should be a little bit larger at base, because it seems very small. That being said, you do level up fairly quickly, so maybe it's not an issue. It just seems 
very small. The other thing is that I noticed that I think that it would do a great job to add is uh, in Vampire Survivor's fashion, having chests drop occasionally. Or having not boss monsters, but elite monsters that are like sub-bosses that drop a chest because that's one of those great things from Vampire Survivors where they're like, here's a chest. And you're like, they whoa, kind a of chest. Do, actually. They kind of do actually have like mini-bosses that show up in there and it drops, like, it, it's different than when you level up. It drops a crate. Um, yeah, those are the big bosses. You get, like, one those of aren't the, the mini-bosses. Like, you get like one of the four, you get like one of the four abilities where, you know, Blood of Thunder, which I picked a lot in one run. Um, those those are I so feel like those that. are bigger than like elites though those are like actual bosses I want like a slightly bigger than normal but not giant boss that'll drop something yeah so I'm looking at this right now and uh, I'm probably gonna play this demo later uh, since it sounds like it would be my kind of thing uh, if you enjoyed Vampire Survivors yeah you're you're gonna enjoy this Nathan I put like nine hours into it and it's still just the demo yeah. oh good well Vampire my, Survivors my coworker, my coworker put in 10 so. yeah. on, on the first day that she played it after she won like after she saw that video when she went home she was like I played it for 10 hours yeah this that definitely looks like it could be there was a game um, I don't know if either of you had, probably not there was a game that was like more of a mainstream game that was like a, a roguelike and it had different variations of gunplay where you had different biomes that you went in called Returnal. I've been meaning to play it, but mm. it, it does look like it has similar elements to this. Uh, but from a that that was like from a third person shooter perspective. One of the frequent commenters on my videos mm. uh, plays games on their Steam Deck. Mm -hmm. And they played Guncraft uh, Survivor Nimrods on their Steam Deck. Uh, they left the comments on it too uh, about it, and you know I sent those comments to the dev, um, and they said that that's on their list of priorities of things to do for uh, more Steam Deck optimization. Nice. This game is yeah. also Steam Deck compatible. That's cool. Good. I don't have a Steam Deck. Uh, I don't know if cool. the other ones are. Yeah, I don't know if the other ones that I brought up earlier are um, because that wasn't brought up in my comments. Sure. Um, but I assume, you know, especially like the uh, the tactics game would be Steam Deck compatible. Some, some of that totally makes sense for that. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I can I can see this being like a really good Steam Deck game, though. Almost made for it. You know. Yeah. For, for oh, yeah. This is a game that you could easily sink 100 hours in and never have the same run twice. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty Absolutely. much. I would like to see a bit more variation in the augmentations, uh, but it is just the demo. So I assume there will be more. Plus, you can unlock more um, mm -hmm. money. Uh, yeah, money and there's takes a whole a thing get, that there's there's two different buy stations where you can unlock from uh, a NPC in that game, and then unlock from like a computer console, and you unlock. Yeah, you can things. unlock guns, and then augments, and then more augments. And I I would like to see more uh, drones and stuff. I know the shop in game for with for buying the different augmentations so you can find them. Uh, was not complete, I don't think, uh, in the yeah. demo. Because there were options that you did not have any option for. Um, but money, I would like to see uh, the ability to get more of it, I think. Maybe that's a build you can try is to get just cash drops. Um, uh, yeah, I, because it would be the resource drop rate. Yeah. So I, I would like to ask you, Clayton, since you played it, what was your... Uh, what did you favor for a build type is my question not for your drone just for you 
uh, one of the best guns I built was while I was streaming it actually, and it was a, a electric build with the Tesla coil in it, Ooh. and you know to zap the enemies, especially when they get zap, really zap, close zap. to you. You know, it, it bursts like uh, uh, you get an AOE burst of electricity, and it basically almost one shots everything that was swarming you. So you get a little bit more <laughs> breathing room. Yeah, you know. I will say though, sure. I think some of the augments that you buy from the vendors. Even though you could buy them in the demo, I don't think they were available in the game because there was one that I bought, which would have given me like a life steal type ability if I had it, mm. uh, if I could find it in the game and augment it to my weapon, and I never found it. And I did like three to four runs since mm. the YouTube video that I made on it, and I've mm. not seen it once. If it was available in there, I would have rather it not have been able to be purchased. So, out of the five games that you talked about, is there one that you liked more than the others? Like, if, if we were Rods. to rank these... Nimrods, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Perfect. I mean, uh, if we're going with the bullet hell area, because two of these games that I just talked about are in that genre, sure. it's going to be Nimrods out of those two. But, um... I would say if I if I had to rank these five games, it would have been Nimrods, Isometria, uh, Necrosmith 2, Folklands, and Sword of Convalario. Okay. This Nimrods also looks like Brotato, and so I'm very happy about that. So. Oh, and um, if they do happen to watch this, because I'm going to probably tag as many of them as I can in this. Um, Nimrods are getting a special shout-out. I believe they had the most wishlist game on Steam. I believe they posted on Twitter cool. uh, that they got 4,000 wishlists nice. during the entirety of Steam Max Fest. So that Very was massive nice. for them. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, considering they made a game demo that you could play as long as you can play, and it's as good as it mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I thought I think that was really huge, too, for them to do that. And I, I wish I had a release date. So that I can get more excited for it. That would be great. Yeah, it's. Did you mean now? It's it's planned for twenty twenty four. There's a span. I um, mean, out of all the games I mentioned, I think Necrosmith Two was the only one with an actual release date. Yeah, and it was fairly soon, right? Yeah. March or something. Yeah. That is going to be a Tuesday. It's going to be a Tuesday release. Uh you remember Tuesday releases? Good times. Standing outside of GameStop in a long line. I didn't yeah. midnight release. <laughs> Anyway, what were we doing? Midnight release. Oh, right. Yeah, Tuesday releases. Now now what they typically do is they'll do a Friday release, but if you pre-order it, you get the game three days ahead, which is the Tuesday. I see that all the time, and I'm like, oh, great. That's so how you, they get you. Yeah, so you just push the game release three days back so people would pre-order it to get it when they normally would on Tuesdays. No more pre-orders. Smart! I don't pre-order Yeah, yeah. I don't do pre-orders anymore for that very reason. I'm tired of that. Um, I think but, I pre-ordered one Steam game last year, but that was a game I really wanted to play. The The last game that I ever pre-ordered was New Vegas. And that's only because I was like, I am definitely going to play the hell out of New Vegas. <laughs> and that was <laughs> that was like 13 years ago. So, no. I'm not, not playing that game again. Uh, but anyway, okay, good. Uh, I knew that Clayton's section was going to be the longest of our three because he has played the most. But, as people are going to find out in our next segments, Alex and I also played some games for Steam. I'll, I'll keep it shorter. Alex, I, I wanted to get 
you in here uh, to tell us about some... Hi! Hi. Uh, can you tell um, us about what games you wanted to actually discuss that you played during Nexus? Well, if you can remember them. I I scrolled through a lot, like, hundreds of the Nexus games. Me you too. know, I scrolled through them to look at them. And my big issue is a lot of the games I was looking at were either genres I didn't really care that much about. Some of them, uh, side-scrollers, for instance. I am not a person who wants to play a side-scroller. I, sure. I do not care for them. For did instance. you try sorting by genres that you liked? I I did a bit, yeah. I did play like 10 of them. For instance, one I did play, we just talked about in the last segment, or if you're listening to the podcast just a minute ago, um, I did play Nimrod's Guncraft Survivor, and that was incredibly fun, and I want to play more, but I also want to take a nap when we're done with this. Uh, Certainly, yeah. And so that one, we already just played. Play uh, sleep. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't think I could have died. They screen it um, to you under your eyelids. That's how they do it now. Great. Hey. Yeah. Well, you know, you probably could. You just got to get the the eye toy or whatever the it's called. St- the steam, the steam retinal implant. <laughs> yeah, you just control your character with your eye movements. Um, Nimrods was great. Uh, we just discussed it a minute ago. If you want, to listen to our last video. Go watch that. At the end of that, you'll find Nimrods. Um, but as we discussed. Uh, being able to craft a gun. I loved that the game visually changed the appearance of your gun as you upgraded it. It wasn't just, oh yeah, oh, you great. got an upgrade. It was like, oh no, no, you've got a bayonet on your gun now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you've got a charm. You've got that heart charm you just got. Yeah, you can see that on your firearm now. There is there is something so great about actually seeing cosmetic changes to your characters. Yeah. When I was doing my uh, best to worst list, I went back to play a little bit of uh, Hi-Fi Rush. And what I forgot about, or I, I guess I didn't really see before, is if you change your shirts and all of your costume options, that becomes what your character looks like for Chai in every cutscene. All of I your characters that. change That's immediately. That's always, always an appealing thing when games do it. Yeah. I do wish your yep. character... Uh, I, I wish I had been able to unlock one of the characters for Nimrods. I had not found a way to do that or found the character or whatever you need to do to get a different character. I think more character options would be great. Um, I'm not sure if they're available in the demo right now. I think one's coming soon and the other one I just couldn't find. Maybe I had to get those like shards for materials mm. to unlock it, but I wasn't sure. Vampire Survivors, but more refined and more build variation i want to say it's basically Not a giant dopamine rush it's 100 yeah, yeah. like but what we didn't get mention it. about that is there's missions that you can do like there's a mission board in there uh oh yeah I I guess they're more or less achievements mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. they're kind of like more or less achievements like stand stay like don't move for like 90 seconds after starting a game Sure. You know, so you basically gotta defend for ninety seconds, yeah. uh, and that's uh, that's a good way to get money too. Is completing yeah. those missions. Yeah, I've yeah. done so many of them. They're kind of like um, milestones. Is more so what I would say. Yeah, achievements are milestones. Yeah, yeah. And there's a firing range in the ship that you can just test your firearms on to be like, oh yeah, damage. Nimrods was really fun. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about it because we just kind of talked about it for a while. Yeah. Um. So if you are interested in what we had to say about Nimrods, please feel free to watch our last last video video. or just rewind the podcast and listen to it again. I played a game called Voxlands. Oh, Um, I'm sure you can guess. I know that game. Did either of you play it? I have not. Okay. 
Uh, I, I don't assume believe I did. I okay. saw it come up on like the main page several times, but I was yeah, like, so yeah. voxel-based game. Yes, I'm sure you could have guessed from the name voxel. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got that from it looking at it. Looks okay. It, it. I have no problem with voxels. They're done well. I think the environment and the building and everything in it is fine. I think the UI in it could use some work. It was not great. It was kind of weird and didn't look stylized, really. Mm -hmm. um, very basic UI. But right. the concept of the game essentially is you've got, a, uh, I think, a knife or a sword at the beginning, and then you get a gun, and it's like, go kill some slimes and do these a bunch of different missions for these people in the town kill some monsters, you find some objective stuff, and then open up this portal up on top of a lighthouse. Okay. And I guess it's mission-based. So as soon as you do that, it's like, oh yeah, mission complete. You want to go somewhere else do one of these missions, save the town kind of thing. And I don't really think I liked it. <laughs> it, it sounds like a shooter, but with... A, a little, yeah. Like it's... If you're familiar yeah. with Teardown. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so it, it doesn't have destructible environments still? Yeah, you can oh. blow them up. Oh, okay. You can shoot them apart and stuff. Oh, like so, Red Faction. Uh, uh, so, like, like not, I mean, but Voxel. It, it, okay. says, it says Voxel FPS, open world. Yeah, mm -hmm. but like, it's not like a conventional... When you say shooter, I think you're going to be like shooting the shit out of things. Lots. <laughs> It, it wasn't really challenging I mean, like a shooter shoot would be challenging. Yeah. yeah, we do. We yeah. shoot shit. Um, um, it was it was more to me. It was more like Minecraft with a couple of NPCs that'll talk to you and be like, "I need you to help me out," and then guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see when but I like when I saw yeah. it, when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, this is this going to just be Minecraft?" Because I didn't really. I guess that's yeah, why I, I didn't. I didn't. That's kind of why I didn't play it. I was like, eh. yeah. There's there. I didn't find any real. I guess there's crafting in it, but I didn't experience any of it when I played it. Yeah. And I put probably an hour into it, so I didn't put like a ton of time, but I did play it for a while. So, so but, wait, wait, is this just Minecraft with guns? <laughs> like, there you have mods like, for that. Like mm, I like don't Pokemon really know because again, it feels like it's objective based and mission based. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like there's any real substance in those to me. Sure, like there's not really a storyline I found to say tie everything together. It was really kind of strange, and I played it, and I, I was, uh, Crave was on the couch, and I was like, I don't think I like this game. Yeah, <laughs> just actively while playing, it was like, no. Just, yeah, I, I was just kind of like, I don't think I like it. I'm like, I like the art style. Voxel graphics can be really cool when they're done well. And the destructible environments are always fun with voxel environments. Sure. I think, I think, I have not played, I have seen it played. But I think if you wanted to get a game similar to this with a better experience, you could probably just go play Teardown. Okay. Um, All right. Because as far as I'm aware, tear, Teardown is incredibly fun, especially when it's like, you're going to do a heist. Go set up all your all the routes that you want to take and have, plan it out and then go execute your plan. Mm -hmm. um, that is much more interesting to me as a thought process than FPS Minecraft light. 
Yeah. Um, Fair enough. Not a day at Voxlands. I'm sure this has an audience that would like it. Sure. I am not that audience. Right. Right. Um, right. It was interesting. I I thought it, the graphics and everything were nice. I think the UI could use some work. I think some cohesion could work. Maybe the crafting elements, if I had gotten into them, would have been interesting. But I found no way to deal with them. Sure. With the time that I played. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I don't know. Okay. Um, another game I played is called Omega Crafter. Oh boy. Did either of you see this game? Uh, I saw several crafting games. There's there's a lot. I played a, a couple because yeah. crafting games can be fun. Sure, sure. I like seeing when they do things differently. And this one specifically did things a bit differently. Um, Omega Crafter is... Uh, I don't know if it's open world, but it's a survival crafter. Um, except you get a little robotic companion. I think they're called Grammys. No, not those. Not those? Oh, not sorry. Those. I was going to ask and if they were trying to get a, uh, a an award for music or things. <laughs> so it's this little uh, cute little uh, robot helper, kind of like, um, what's the other robot in Wally? Oh, oh, not Bernie. The other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't yeah. remember. It kind of looks like that, but it has legs and arms. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now, yeah. So, so you get this little companion, you can give them a decorate their head, pick their color, whatever, give them a name. They'll follow you around, they'll do combat with you, that's cool. You have a companion the whole time. But it's a town builder, so you collect resources, and you can build, like, a town square and do some crafting stuff. I had, didn't get to, like, building a town with houses, but it's kind of an automation game as well. Sure. So it's survival crafting with automation. Now... You can build extra robots to do the automation stuff. So a little bit like how Power World you can use the PALs. This one, you can have these guys do the things. The difference is that you get to tell these guys what to do. And by tell them what to do, I mean you get to program them. And the UI for it is actually written out as if it were programming language. Oh, so it's got a drop down that says, like, it gives you examples, like, tell it to do this. So you say, use the crafter if you have this material, make this many, loop, etc. So it'll have all these options, and it's really interesting. As someone who doesn't know any programming, it's the if this, then that, loop it, and then do this until you've done how many or whatever. And so you can program them in different ways. You can program the one that you have with you. Uh, you can go set a routine for it, for instance. Be like, go collect rocks. Basic routine. It will go anywhere within a radius around you, and it will mine or pick up any stones that it finds. Nice. Okay. And then it will bring them back to you. And that is a really cool quality of life thing for any survival crafting game or any automation game, I think. You can program it to go chop trees. You can just kind of sit there and be like, yeah, you go chop trees. I'm going to take a five. I'm going to sit down. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really neat. I didn't spend a super long time with it because I don't know. Um, but I thought it was really neat to be able to so go, hey, we're going to make a survival crafting game, but also have a bit of automation in there because sometimes survival crafting is really fun and done well. And other times... The survival part 
is very tedious. Sure, sure. This uh, this looks like if Pal World meant satisfactory. A yeah, little, I can see a little that. bit. I can see that. I am a big fan of both of those games, as you're aware. I yeah. love Satisfactory, mm-hmm. and Pal World is quite fun as well. Yeah. Um, I think Pal World could take from this being able to sell your pals what the fuck to do in your base. I'd love to be able to automate my pals to do things. I wouldn't doubt that something like that's coming in the future. I mean, yeah. you yeah. know. I just need a base it's management pretty- scream that says. Here yeah. are your pals in your base. Give them a task. They'll do it. Prior, yeah. like even prioritize, prior, or even prioritize tasks if they have more than one ability. Like if they have watering yeah. and gathering. It's like mm-hmm. Yeah. Water first. Gathering secondary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Prioritize that. my yeah. So yeah. this this game. One, if they just have one ability, then it's no brainer. They're only just gonna do that. Right. Yeah. Right. So this game takes that and lets you go. Hey, you can actually just program all these bots to do specific tasks and that's it yeah so i think that was a really cool concept and especially if you were say interested in learning a little bit of coding it seems like they even say it when you do the thing in the tutorial it's like cool you're a basic uh programmer now yeah then you do a different task and it's like you're an advanced programmer now good job you're a dev just like us i'm like that is that is cool um So I thought that was neat from, like, a geek kind of area of gaming. Um, And it looks like people won't have to wait long to play it. I mean, the demo's still available, but it says it's releasing on March 28th. So about a month and some change. Yeah, I would would say if either of you or anyone listening to this likes survival crafting, likes automation, and games that look like this, uh, try it out with the demo. It might be something you're interested in if you like programming language and being able to be like, if this, then that, then do this and execute it and have that happen. Um, this might be really rewarding for you in that kind of way. Um, sure. I'm not into coding. I probably would have gotten really confused later on by right. going, wait, how am I supposed to do this logically? Yeah. Um, yeah. Fun graphic so, style, and too. And like you said, like how that. it's con- uh, how it has some elements shared to Powell, but for mine, it's Powell and Valheim. It's single-player and online co-op. Yeah. Yeah. And it also has partial controller support, which yeah. people like. If only right. there was full part controller support. We can hope one day. So next game I want to talk about, this one was really interesting. I didn't know what to expect going into it. Yeah. This also is a... Uh, more of a automation game as well i i realize that automation is something that can be really really fun to do but it's not quite a town builder it is called odd sparks uh oh. an automation adventure oh okay. uh, i think i saw that on the next fest page yeah these were all on next fest you should <laughs> no no i'm saying i think i saw it on the front page on one of the one of the days yeah I, I I almost was, downloaded this actually. It's interesting. The graphic style and everything is super cute. It kind of reminds me of not Animal Crossing. I haven't really played a lot of Animal Crossing. You don't build like a village, but there is a village. It's in that vein of cute games. But when I was playing it, what I thought of was Pikmin. Oh, okay. And I've I've never played Pikmin. I am familiar with the concept. I've seen how it is played you get these this army of little pikmin and you can throw them at things to do things and whatnot sure and they will do tasks this one you can get these little uh i think they're called sparks 
okay. or something like that. I don't remember. My memory is terrible. Actually, no, it's in the name. Sparks. They're definitely sparks. <laughs> and they're on. <laughs> and so you can have them follow you around. And you can be like, I want to throw them at this thing. If you throw them at a tree, they'll try to chop it down. If they throw them at a rock, they'll they'll mine it. Um, you know, they'll collect resources for you. They'll pick up resources off the ground. So where your crafting and stuff comes in, they'll collect all the stuff for you. Or you can do it yourself. But why? You've got these guys who can do it. Other ones have specialized things they're good at. I had some that I think had hands. They were really good at, like, crafting speed. Sure. There are some that have better attack or defense because you can kill monsters. The monster design is really cool. There's a beefalint, for instance. It's a elephant-looking thing that looks like a bee. Oh, okay. I, yep. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yep. Thought, I thought that it was going to be, like, a cow. Beef. No, a it's beef-a-lint. this weird bee-looking thing, but it's rotund like an elephant would be. It's kind of oh. adorable. Okay. Um, it's, it's called the Beelephant in one of the screenshots on the Steam page. Yeah, that's probably it. Beelephant. I don't remember things properly. Don't beef-a-lint, mind me. Yeah, Beelephant is the uh, protein that you get when you kill off the 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 Beelephant. Yes. I wonder if it's related to the beefalo and they don't starve. Probably. Uh, probably. Um, so you can do all those things, but then you can go out in town and be like, I want to build a what's it infinity tree farmer or something like that you can build automation facilities you build this thing that lets you chop trees you get these big giant magical magical tree things you build it around it you assign your little fucking sparks to it and they will start just chopping trees and it'll just produce x amount of trees per minute Mm -hmm. then you build a path from it'll drop down into a chute and you build a path to where you want it to go so, like, you can be like, here's a path, here's, like, a place for storage. Or maybe it'll go into, like, a sawmill. And so you get production chains. But you assign your little guys, your little sparks, you'd be like, I want three or four of you on the, on the uh, pathway. Just kind of doing around. They'll pick up stuff here, and they'll drop it off, and then they'll pick stuff up here and drop it off. And then you can mm-hmm. add logistics to it with different things for the pathing. Be like... Maybe I want one of you to go straight, and then the next one to go right. And one of you go to straight, and the next one go right. You can set that up, for instance. Hmm. So it's automation, logistics, production chains, but also Pikmin. But also Pikmin. It feels like I had a little bit of Factorio in it, too, with the way the automation is looking at the screenshots. Hmm. I didn't play Factorio. I've watched a friend play it, and it, it looks like it takes a little bit of that with all the conveyor belts in this game? Um, probably. There's no conveyor belts in this. It's just these guys hauling hauling it themselves for you. Um, as far as I'm aware, I didn't get any conveyor belts. There might be later. But I just thought it, it was really... Later. I thought it was a really interesting, like, matchup of something that looked similar like Pikmin, cute and stylized like that, with all these cute little guys that you can toss at shit and just, like, make them work for you. And then crafting and automation and I was like what <laughs> but it was fun I think it, I put like three hours into it it does look really cute um I would say if the, if the uh, demo is still up and you think that's something you'd like definitely try it it was like I didn't know what to expect going into it aside from well I know there's automation because the name says automation adventure mm-hmm. and then you get into it and you're doing these quests and you're talking the, the stories kind of interesting the townspeople are kind of interesting and weird like in a good way 
And then you go out and do all the automation stuff, and it's like, okay, I Yeah, gotcha. I think the demo is still available, and it looks yeah. like the game's also coming out in two months. So I'm noticing a trend. I play games that don't have a release date. Alex is over here playing games that is coming out in the next month yeah, or two. He, <laughs> I didn't check this. any of that when I played them, so... He does this. How dare you? Um, there's a couple others I did play. I could talk about one that was okay, one that was okay, or one I didn't like. <laughs> I'm curious about the one you didn't like, though. Cool, the one I, I didn't like is called Artifact Seeker. Okay. Subtext I have no idea, can't read it, that font is terrible. Uh, I'll look it up. Picture on the cover up. is misleading. Because right, there's... 3D roguelike survivor. Wow, look at this thing. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So this one, um, lo and behold, is uh, Vampire Survivors Like. Oh, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I'm getting that. Um, very, yep, yep. very colorful. Yep. Very colorful. Um, from what I remember when I played it, it, it was very much similar to like Vampire Survivors or uh, Nimrods and whatnot. And oh man. You basically would pick a character, or you start with the first character, you could get a couple others. They get a weapon that they choose, and then you get upgrades throughout the level as you level up. You can replace, like, you get a bunch of abilities that'll fire off automatically, a la uh, Vampire Survivors. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. don't have to target anyone, it just does it automatically for the most part, until you get, like, an ultimate ability you can activate. And then you have, like, a shop, you can level things up, you can trade stuff. Has all the stuff you think you would have. I believe it was arranged in a in a format of, you do a battle here, and then there's a couple, like, different events you would do, picking yeah. your pathway. Yeah, it's, um, it's one of those pathway games that you usually see with, like, s some deck-building kind of games, those, those, those yeah, sort of things. Yeah, this didn't yeah. have the deck-building, though, but you could, like, upgrade right, your but, weapons, yeah. upgrade the abilities the weapons have, and do that stuff. So that was interesting all that other stuff was interesting the actual gameplay though like inside mm. the game inside the fights or whatever the the arenas not really all that great yeah. like i i know you're probably looking at it the graphics were kind of strange like they weren't bad like animation and the actual like it's on-screen graphics not gameplay boy. graphics it's, it's wacky uh, pictures <laughs> yeah, it was just this weird mashup of like, you know how when you're playing a JRPG or yeah. a, a game like that, and you've got your your little cute little 3D models in the game, and then they go to uh, just a 2D comic book styled characters talking. Yeah, it felt kind of like your your menus have the characters like that, mm -hmm. but then your gameplay is like that. Except this doesn't right. look as good as those two. <laughs> right, right, right. And right. it was just kind of it was kind of weird because like. The character movement and the and the perspective was really weird because it's 3D, but from a top-down, so it's more like an ARPG. Yeah. But not, and you don't have to click anything to do it, and, like, I had the first character with swords, and then the abilities are just kind of strange. I didn't find myself engaging with, like, any of it. Like, I was oh, playing sure, sure. it and going, oh, okay. And I just kind of pick things and not look at any of the other stuff around it and just be like, that looks good. This does more damage. That does better damage. This is fire. This does life steal, for instance. Cool, cool, cool. But, like, none of it was connecting with, like, any of the dopamine receptors. Sure. You know? Sure. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Like, Nimrods, we, we just went over. 
dopamine 100%. You're just like, I want to keep playing. I want to keep playing. Build better gun. Build better gun. Um, this one, no, not even, no, not not so much at all. Like, I made thousands and thousands of gold, and I you can re-roll your items and pick different enchantments. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it might have been too easy. Yeah. I feel like it might have been too easy. I don't remember if I had difficulties, and maybe I was playing on normal. Sure. Um, but, like, it just, I think it felt way too easy, like... You could complete the map. You know, you pick your thing, you pick your next thing, you pick your other location, do the boss fight. But I don't think I died. Yeah, it doesn't look like that kind of a game. Does it have roguelike elements like you would have in a Vampire Survivors where you you, you, like you start at like level one when you get into the scenarios and then you build? Yeah, you start at level one, you level as you go through it. But I think the roguelite element is that you get the money and you get, I think you can, you could keep items you found on your run sure and then you get to like pick one to start your next run with for instance okay so that was interesting i guess because then you can be like oh you got a better version of that item do you want to keep that instead and everything you don't keep will be discarded it's like sure yeah that sounds great and then you can pick the items you know a couple items one or two i think to start your next run with Mm mm-hmm which again is is cool i like that like nimrods had the pick a gun for your drone that was really cool yeah this this one just didn't do it for me yeah no i understand (laughs) did you play this game before after you played nimrods before oh that that must have been sad for you and (laughs) then you played nimrods Yeah. (laughs) yeah so like i i played nimrods and i thought it was great put like 10 hours into it and this one i i oh god (laughs) <laughs> like, I think happened. I might have put an hour or two into it. I mean, visually, it. this game looks beautiful. Yeah. It's it's alright. The artwork, the artwork looks nice. The, yeah, the yeah. artwork, I think, was better than the 3D models in-game. The 3D models are a little weird with the artwork, I think. And I enjoy I enjoy some roguelikes like this, or Bullet Hells, where it's like you select the map and choose your adventure of where you want to go, because that's the unique part for games like this, is like, your run's not going to be the same because this is how your runs go. Yeah. And and I think it did have some things where, like, oh, you've got, like, instead of just a fight, you've got this thing that's, like, an event. And, like, it gives you a big thing of text, like, oh, this thing is happening. What do you want to choose for, like, a choose-your-own-adventure style thing? So that was neat. It's like, oh, I, I'll help this person out. And it's like, yo, you got this item as a reward. I'm like, okay, but, like, that's a weird thing to me to put into a bullet hell. Or a bolt heaven. You know, yeah. a roguelite with these choose-your-own-adventure elements into it can be an interesting concept. But in a game that it should be all about the action, I think, of when I think of bolt hells, it takes you out of that action to make, like, a judgment call. Mm. Maybe that's it. It was just kind of, like, weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I will say, though, for a game, the way that it looks visually... It looks like it would have be a bit more of a demanding game, especially with the way the abilities look like they're popping off. I'm looking at the system yeah. requirements for this game. This thing can run on a potato. A brotato, <laughs> maybe. T T I eighty nine. Yeah, it's recommended is eight gigs of RAM, uh, at least a nine fifty uh, Nvidia card, and two gigs of storage space. Windows seven yes. or newer. If you if you're someone who never upgraded past Windows Seven, you could play this game. Yeah, minimum you only need two gigs. 
minimum. It was it was weird. It was I didn't I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it. I guess yeah. if you're going with like a Yahtzee scale of you know judgment on a game, I would probably bland. say it was bland. Yeah, and that's kind of worse. <laughs> yeah, the, these this style like, and I think I think it's worth noting that like Vampire Survivors has had such an impact on the gaming landscape that it seems like there's a whole yes. genre around them that everyone's yeah. trying to emulate. I've played some good ones. I've played some really sad ones, uh, <laughs> even during this next fest. Um, yeah. And, and but I think a lot of them just end up being very kind of bland or or boring, yeah. is what yeah. it amounts to. Um, I know. So Again, outside of outside of Nimrod, which demo did you enjoy the most? It might have been Odd Sparks, honestly. That was just like a pleasant, cute little adventure. Um, I did play one other one that I did before Next Fest, but was in Next Fest because I saw someone play play it. It's called Boar Blasters. Um, Essentially, you. Oh, you say four? No, I, I, I'm, just thinking, I'm, I'm just thinking. This is perfect for you. You get revenge on the boars. Yeah, the D and D boar. No, this is um, you're boring into the earth, like drilling. Oh, that's not yeah, as interesting. Yeah. No, um, no. It, I thought like you were a, gonna pick up a, 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 a boar and start bang. shooting the tusks out of no, people. No, but it looks like my awesome. kind of game: dwarf mining exploration. Yeah, so this one was a, um, you can use a helicopter. I don't know why a helicopter if you're drilling into the earth, I guess, but whatever. <laughs> um, probably because it's a, probably because you're playing as a door. Well, that would feel like more gnomish to me, but that's fine. But, uh, you go down, you collect resources, you mine out stuff, you try to get to the bottom and, uh, do a thing, upgrade your, your helicopter and your guns and all that stuff, and, yeah, um, I didn't really go into that because it was before Next Fest, but it's been enough, enough time that I don't really remember enough of it. Sure. So I, I wouldn't say that. It was it was fine. I don't think I'd end up playing more of that, though. But yeah, out of all the games I played uh, during Next Fest, aside from Nimrods, which was my my top pick, mm-hmm. um, I would say probably Odd Sparks and Automation Adventure was the one I had the most fun with because it yeah. was just kind of a cute good time um adventure like the artwork and the world seemed really cute and uh yeah we are manly men who love cute games get over it yeah we are yep um, i will say no, though I... looking at the screenshots again for this game the artwork style it reminds me a lot of clash of clans suddenly clash no longer like mobile game and i played i played hundreds about clash of clans mm. oh well there you go good luck we're gonna have to this do an episode neat. about mobile games sometime. And which ones work and which ones don't? Oh, we'll just have to get the people the behind Raid Shadow Legends on here. Oh, that would be great. They can sponsor yeah. us. Yeah, well they can just talk to us. What was I've... your impetus on making Raid Shadow Legends? I, I I tried Raid Shadow Legends and I don't have much to say about it, to be honest. And they would have gone money. Yeah, we wanna make money and good job you did that. Um <laughs> you, you <Anyway>. just succeed. <laughs> But anyway, okay, cool. Th- so this has been my uh, list of games from Next Fest, I guess. Steam Next Fest. So this is good. So basically, uh, Clayton liked Nimrods, and you liked Nimrods. So yeah. and and I didn't play Nimrods. So I think well, Nimrods... you also liked Nimrods. So we'll come back to that in another video. Gonna, gonna I'll, join us I'll end up liking Nimrods when I play the demo. I just he's the Nimrod it. man out. Yeah, it'll be a Saturday special update. Nathan has played. Uh, I Nimrod's have now played Nimrod. Wow. 
Nathan has not stopped playing Nimrods. Good job. And that, that, it down. that will be my new thing. Next is going to be... Next is going to be... Well, he's, negle- he's neglecting his pals right now. Why? Because he's still playing Nimrods. Funny. This is just, fu- just import Nimrods into Pal to, World. To, to be... Confession. Since we played the live uh, Pal World, I have not picked up the game since that point. <laughs> I have not actually played it at all. <laughs> Hi. Your poor Neopets. I mean, pals. Oh, so, yeah. I, my Neopets are dead. My Neopets are dead. I'm going to just tell you that right now. Neopets. Sorry, Kiri. So, I also played some games for Steam Next Fest. Um, that is insane. It is insane. It's insanity. Um, there were really only three that I had any interest in talking about, so what I was going to do is I'm just going to do a little lightning round of the other demos I played and why I don't really have anything to... Just to give you an overview of what they were. So Lightning yeah, round! So like five minutes and I'm going to go through eight demos real quick. Let's do this. Perfect. <laughs> Get ready. Set the timer. Uh, okay, so uh, Legend of Calvis was something that Clayton, you suggested that I play. Uh, and, um, yep, that was, <laughs> that was a game, uh, just imagine if you, uh, it, it's like a, it's like a Souls game, but not, you just in an open area, you, you, like, randomly slash at things, and, and then they die eventually, it's not very Souls-like, to be honest with you, it's just, it just, like, was the combat any good? No! <laughs> no, really? it was not. It was just it was just me like randomly moving around and trying to swing the sword a bunch and and sometimes it hit and sometimes it didn't. And that was pretty much my experience with Legend of Calus. So Well, I think that's why they call them demos. That's right. Uh however I yet. I would like to say I, aside from Netfest, wish all games on Steam would now come with demos. Because me too. boy. Yeah. Does that save me money? Yes, please, please have a demo just so I can and, see what the gameplay is. And it's easier than piracy. Yes, and I'm sure it's also less of a headache than having to return games after you've bought them. Yep. For Steam. Um, yep. After Legend of Calvis, though, I did try one other Souls-like because I did look up some Souls-likes, and I found uh, Morbid the Lords of Ire, which is more of a Souls-like game, but is um, not as really fleshed out as some of them as the look and the feel of something like um like maybe a bloodborne with its own little style but i I didn't find any real mechanics in it that were particularly interesting innovative it it definitely feels like a, a rudimentary version of that um speaking of vampire survivors i tried one called soul survivors i feel like i saw that but i didn't and it and, and I didn't even know if I really wanted to play it after I downloaded it, and then I played it, and I realized why I didn't want to play it. <laughs> I didn't play it. Um, was, this th- was this the one that was um, Souls-like Vampire Survivors? I wish. It would have been so it, much more interesting. I, was it the one where you could roll around and you had to like swing your soldier no. around and do combat like that? Okay, I think no. that was a different one then. No, it's the one that had a, a, uh, a graphic for the front that looked just like Vampire Survivors, but with a different character there. It's still the red background, same font and everything, but there's a different character in the front. Um, it's Vampire Survivors, but with like 3D modeling on like a, like a 2.5D plane. Um, 
but also does not play that way. You have special power-ups that you can get, and then you release them, you put hit the button, you release the special attack. I, f I, I was falling asleep playing it, so <laughs> I can tell you that it's probably just play Vampire Survivors. I don't, I don't blame you. I'm looking at the developer right now. The developer is called Nomade Games, and they want to put out one other game on Steam called Dark Light, which is a platformer game. Ah. So they jump from a puzzle 2D platformer to a Vampire Survivor yep. game. Yeah. One of these days, Nathan, we'll have to do a, a show devoted to the uh, Steam trash pile that are money laundering games. Ooh, fun. Let's find some of those. Yeah. You know, the the games that nobody buys because they're like 80 90 $100 that obviously are just uh, like... So they can move money around from one person to yeah. another? Yeah. So they, can, so they can get it on there, get like 10 reviews on it from people that they... Get yeah. the game key too for free, uh, that they know, and then they get their their games up on key resellers. Yeah. You want a mystery box of the game key? Here you go. Here's a a game key valued at ninety dollars. Perfect. Perfect. World of Tanks version sixteen. Yeah. Anyways. Uh. Okay. So, uh, Star Trucker. Uh, you've pro probably saw that demo. I played that one and yeah. I forgot about it promptly. And I don't blame you because it, I the What's con the called? it's called Star Trucker and it the, the general idea is you're in space, you're hauling around cargo, but your ship looks like a big 18-wheeler. It is American or Euro truck simulator in space. Pretty much. Oh, I saw this one too. I just skipped over it. Though. Yeah. I, and, I, that's not a bad idea. Um, it is the the problem. It interest me. Yeah, it it interested me and then disappointed me. It was just very in the weeds with its mechanics immediately about what it yes. wanted to do. Um, it's just yes. oh oh you got to patch up your ship. Okay, well go get your space suit and then you got to get into the elevator. You got to go up the elevator. You got to get out. You got to patch the ship. You got to go back to the elevator. You got to go down. And it's like oh god, <laughs> it's gonna be like this the whole time. I I did yeah. I did the one. I I got the one load to the destination. I ended up losing more money than I made because I smacked into too many things and I had too many repairs. And I'm like, this is gonna be the whole game, isn't it? <laughs> it's just this is yeah. it. I, I did the same thing. I did the first, you had your first load, delivered that, and then went to pick up. I didn't smash it around, Nathan. Sure. I did a better job, apparently, than you. First of all, I had to invert my pitch axis. Oh, that is, immediately that just got me. I always play inverted. Yeah. So I was like, I am so confused with how this is flying because you have your ups and downs because you're in sure. space. The handling of the truck was not great. I'll tell you why I skipped over the game. Uh, mm. and I didn't bring this game up, and I, I kind of wish I did now. Uh, it's because I played another game that involves being in space called Astro Astronomics. Oh and, boy! Oh, it was actually pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, it is a space mining game, uh, but it's your your objective is to try to get to Earth, so you can go home. Oh. For the first time. For the oh, first time. Oh neat. Okay. Nice, nice concept. You can't, yeah, like you can't afford to live on Earth. You have to be a space miner so you can afford to live and to go home for the first time. Oh, it's yeah. like the expanse. Very, very hard spaceship <laughs> breaker. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah, I'll link for, it so you for, can check it out later. Okay, yeah. yeah thank so, you. But for Space Trucker, um, I know we've probably mentioned this before when we talked about Wreckage. Not just space games, but generally speaking, a lot of survival elements in games do not interest me. Yeah. And so when Space Trucker went, hey, you need to replace the battery for your gravity. You need to make sure you've got your air filtration systems. You need to have your uh, what, whatever else. Like all the subsystems on your truck need to have different battery cells. You need to manage those. I went, oh no, I'm not going to enjoy this at all. Right. I'm out. Yeah, exactly. Unless that truck was going to turn into Optimus Prime, I don't think I would have played it. Yeah. Like, I can enjoy, I don't mind when games have like, oh, say, uh, No Man's Sky, for instance. Yeah. You've got your batteries for your weapons and your tools. You've got your oxygen and your hazard and stuff. But other than that... You don't really have much survival elements you need unless right. you're like underwater, but then you just put things in your suit that help you underwater. Right. Exactly. It's funny so you it's... mentioned No Man's Sky because Steam tells me that this game is relevant to me because I've played No Man's Sky. It is not. What, Space Trucker? No. Yeah. <laughs> it is not. No. But you can easily mitigate all of the stuff in No Man's Sky by outfitting your suit to to better deal with these survival elements that are there. Or you can just turn them straight fucking off from the menu settings. But in Space Trucker, I went, all right, you know, sometimes driving games are... Yeah, it's like central to it. And I didn't like it in Breathage, and I don't think I'm going to like it on that. And I went, nope, I'm not going to play any more of this. I delivered my one load, and that's it. Yeah. So I didn't remember I played it because I fucking uninstalled yeah, it. Exactly. And I probably <laughs> I probably had only spent about ten minutes before I was like, yep, nope, done. Um uh, Dread Dawn. This one kept coming up for me, and I was like, oh boy, uh well, open world zombie game, top down. Yeah. Dread Dawn. Dread, what a name. Dread Dawn, and the idea is that it's like a top-down game, but there's a zombie apocalypse, and you gotta go into the zombie apocalypse, and you can get uh, little friends that can help you out along the way, and you can shoot at them, and it's... I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty damn terrible, and I don't know why so many people were big on it. I just don't. It, it, it doesn't play very well. If you die at any point, it takes you back to a starting point that's probably about 30 minutes before you... <laughs> previously to a point that you can't determine the character the character moves like he's a like like he's a chopstick man that all of a sudden came to life and you just <laughs> it's it's hard to explain like if you if you move with the WASD keys in this game it will take you up down left right etc but if you if you run like there's a sprint button it will follow wherever your mouse is on the screen instead what? Yeah, I, 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 I swear. Yeah, I'm not kidding. That is what this game is. It's, it's a confusing mess. Uh, <laughs> well, it's but, a good thing they've never released it yet. They can fix that. Yeah, maybe they can fix that because, like, yeah, it's like if you have the mouse on screen, the F cut key will follow it. But then I guess if you're not moving your mouse and just using your keyboard, the F key will. You, there's another sprint button you can use that does the WA. I, I don't know. It's very confusing. It was very confusing <laughs> and very convoluted. And I was... When, when when they said, hey, you can jump over these barriers, and the hop is like, boop. 
oh, I got over this giant barrier. I like leaped through it. It's like, all right, this. I I think there's some issues here. <laughs> but, I'm gonna go ahead and blame the zombie genre on it. Yeah, well, I the would, con- yeah. concept yeah. is cool. Concept is neat. Idea of yeah. an open world zombie game is cool. That's a cool idea. But and looking at it, looking at Project the screenshots Zomboid. and the pictures of it, it it really has that really old school look, Grand Theft Auto look to it. It does. Especially Grand Theft Auto was top down. But you yeah. know, you know what you could do in Grand Theft Auto, you could drive cars. the cars. This has lots of cars around. You can't you drive. Cannot drive cars. Yes, exactly. There's no cars in this one that you can drive. Apparently, Dread Dawn. Although coming this game point. looks like it's doesn't look like it'd be a big game anyway, and yet it looks like it's going to be a 20 gig game. Oof. Yeah, it, it it was a it was an install. <laughs> Why? Why was it 20 gig? I don't know. It's a pixel art top-down game. I don't understand. What? I think you just downloaded a bit. The demo miner. itself is almost eight gigs. You might you may need to uh, reinstall your BIOS, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you noticed that your data's gotten stolen recently? Check to see if you have. <laughs> um. Anyway, so that was that. I didn't like that very much. Um. I did play a full season though for uh, United Penguin Kingdom. You know how you like set, uh, settler like uh, colony builders? Okay, imagine that, but with penguins. So Timberborn, but with penguins? Timberborn, but with penguins? Yeah. You you build your little colony. You can build little towers where you chuck ice spears at uh, seals that are trying to steal your uh, steal your resources. Oh, was or, that the ta- oh, I know tower? Oh, I know this right? game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah. don't care for it very well. It's not really a tower defense game. It's more of a city builder, but you do have to defend your colony because sometimes seals will come okay. and steal yeah. your stuff. But you're, yeah. you should club them, or like I, I think also orca whales. Yeah, orca whale, orca whales are annoying because they just come up at everything that you build right on the uh, edge of your ice raft. Uh, the orcas just periodically come by and go, "No, screw you!" And they just they just destroy your building. <laughs> so well, there's, kind you a, there's kind of a there's kind of a there's kind of a cheese mechanic for that. So there was <laughs> another uh, Twitch streamer YouTuber that I follow, been following for like ten years, uh, who played this game. So, uh, aka Mike B, uh, did a video of United Penguin Kingdom, which is why it sounds so familiar. Mm-hmm. The mechanic he did, I think he dismantled that building and then just rebuilt it. So the orcas had nothing to attack, so they just yeah. I guess you can. I, I guess you can do that. Um, so you could you could cheese it that yes. way and not have to. I don't think you'll lose resources that way. I hope not. Uh, I mean, it's or a... not or not as many. I don't know if you get a hundred percent resources back for dismantling, but yeah, yeah, it seems better than just losing a building outright. Right, right. I'm, was I'm this one you did like, Nathan, or did not like? It was okay. Yeah, I, but I don't really have anything to say about it, so I'm not really not spending you. time on it. Um, I mean, the only thing you have to say about it is penguins. It's penguin. I saw penguins. I was like, gotta try that. Okay, yeah, my lightning round is getting very, very slow burn. Uh, wait, I got to... Okay, here we go. Zappy zap. Uh, Underspace. Basically, imagine if Everspace 2 was done, like, as an indie game, but also had, like, Call of Cthulhu monsters that were out in the, in the, the space itself. Like, big tentacle monsters come, come through the lightning. Uh, it's like that, but it's, it's not as good as Everspace 2 in almost any way I can think of, so... I think I saw somebody else play that. Yeah. There, I cannot remember it now. There was a game I wanted to try, download it for the demo, 
got into the game and the mouse settings were fucking wild. Yeah. Where you use the mouse to control your your ship and it was like shoom 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 and like I went to try and go back to the main menu because there was no settings menu from the pause screen. Yes. And quit game, just exited the game. I went, well, guess I'm not going to try that for, for the record, Andrew, Under Space 2 has a wild control scheme. It, it just might have been that. Did you have this Under weird, Space... like, fucking crazy-looking ship and, like, an AI that's like, you're a brain in the ship now. Was that it? It wasn't that, but it was okay. It was <laughs> the thing where, like, you, you're, you're moving, like, at, in a strafe, and there's a button you can use to turn on and off strafe so that you're going by your mouse... Like, your ship will move with your mouse cursor, and then you press another button, and the ship will just move back and forth, and your mouse cursor will, will like, your ship won't move, but your mouse cursor will allow... Yeah. It, yeah, it was... It... Yeah. Anyway. Um, I don't know what the game I was talking about was, but, yeah. I was like, this mouse is too crazy. I need to just do something so it's not so wild, and then I... I the too many nieces. Nope, we're gone. And I went, cool, I'm going to install you. That was insane, and I don't feel like trying you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was Underspace. Uh, and then one that I, I was... Underwhelming space. One that I was hoping that I was going to like, and I think it could be good in the future, but I, I, I wasn't big on it at the moment, was Critter Crops. Critter Crops is a, a sort of like a Stardew Valley, but the idea is that you like plant monsters in the ground, and then you can you can pull them out and have little monsters that oh, great. you can keep keep around. There's little bats and ghoul ghoulic. It's like it, instead of garlic, but it, they're ghouls, and then you Did can they smell like garlic. Maybe I don't know. The art that, style is really cute. It's a oh, it's a great I, art style. I don't care for the and, art style personally. Yeah, yeah. Did you try it at all or no? But I, I saw, saw it. it. And I went, I went. This is a weird art style. It's, I don't think I like this. It's it's again. I think it's I think it's really just made by like one person who did like the the artwork and everything. Um, and you know, it looks really fun. I like the hand drawn art style that they had for it. Uh, I think it's the mechanics of the whole thing that really needed to be improved because mostly what you do is you you plant the little things in the ground. And then if you you wait long enough, you water them uh, and, and let them grow, you can then pretty much just sell them off and hopefully get upgrades. There's just a few little things that hopefully I'm hoping they work on. Like, for instance, when I go to upgrade a building, um, it decides that it's going to take all of my gold or gould, as they call it in the game, uh, mm, instead, instead of just the amount that it was supposed to be. So if you have like 256 gould and you want a building upgrade, you want to, re re you know, redo a building for 200, all of a sudden you have zero gould again. Um, and then at a certain point I was like, oh, it's wiped out all of my finances and I don't, I don't have more seeds to plant and I don't know how I'm getting more money now. So, yeah, better... Oops. Better tutorials uh, would be helpful and um, a little bit more uh, objective of how of what I'm supposed to do and how I do the weaponry and everything because there are spells you can do in the game. Um, but uh, you know, it it could be very good, but it does need a little bit more time. Um, okay, so that that was that was our rundown. But there's really just three that I actually wanted to talk about, so we're gonna yeah. do those. Not all those. Other, forget all those other games. Yeah, forget that I even mentioned any of those. Those are on the back burner. Right, edit here. Edit here. All right. 
The first one I want to talk about is uh, a game that's being published by the same people that made Pal World. Oh, you played um, Nevergrave. I played Nevergrave. Yeah. Um, Nevergrave is a kind of a... Okay. It's... It, it might appear to be a Metroidvania. It is not really that. Um, I, when people talked about it, I heard them say Hollow Knight. Yeah, so so there is one big difference between like the Hollow Knights or anything like that is that it's the map. The map is not stationary. If you die or or go back to town at all, the map is generated again. It oh, is different every that's time. Cool. Uh, which is going to remind people more of, like, Dead Cells, because Dead Cells did something similar to that. It would also remind me uh, back of, like, Diablo 2. It is sort of like Diablo 2. Um, and so you will have those random elements, although there are parts about it that are going to be, like, pretty stationary. One of the neat mechanics that they have in the game is basically, like, when you see the, the graphics, it looks like, oh, you have the little girl and, and the hat, and that's your character. You're actually playing the hat. Oh. The hat can go... Like, it, it makes it very clear at the beginning. You go around, you're flopping as a hat at the very beginning of the game. You come across the corpse of this girl. You put yourself on and possess the girl. And now can use the girl to get around the environment. If you, if you need to get over, like, a very tall cliff, you can jump with the, the person you're possessing and then jump off of the person and get your hat on top of the on top of the cliff face and then repossess them up top to get around obstacles. How do you repossess them up top? Oh, you summon them to you. Oh. Okay. The hat can then summon. <laughs> but I can summon the corpse. Great. Yeah. But what you get into is that then there are certain monsters that you can defeat and you can use their abilities by possessing them so that you can get to different areas of, of the map. And then if they die, you can repossess your original corpse. I'm seeing a little bit of Mario Odyssey there. It, it is. Imagine Mario Odyssey. Well, in very much a pocket pair sort of style. <laughs> Take a billion different ideas and throw them together. You got the Mario as, Odyssey hat thing. <laughs> as Pocket Pair has said, we just want to put all the games we really fucking love together into games. Yes. And so you have the... Fair enough. You have the hat possession thing. You have, like, the Dead Cells, like, uh, 2D side-scrolling, like, random generated stuff. And then, also... At your base, like the church that you're that, that folks are set up in, you collect resources when you're out in the world, and there is a town, and now you can build buildings and craft recipes and all of that in your town and build that up. So it's also a town builder. <laughs> it's also it's also like a city builder inside of that and that allows you to get buildings that you can use for upgrades as well so that you can do better jobs at collecting stuff and using magic spells and everything like that when you go into the the dungeons and then you can unlock new dungeons as you as you go along so yeah so i, I think saying like hollow knight like in style i think hollow knight is a good uh analog gameplay wise very different Gameplay-wise, I think it's very, very different. 
There's also this element where you'll get different spells that you can use and you'll have so many charges of them. And sometimes characters will drop other or higher versions of them and you can trade out a couple that you can have equipped at any given time. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of different elements there. Um, I, I I played oh god I probably played a couple hours. There was there was more demo to be had, but I was like oh okay, I think I see where we're going with this. I'm gonna have a lot of stuff I have to build in town. That became like the big quest is I have to go get a bunch of resources so I can come back to town and I can I I can build even more buildings. I need to build a kettle. I need to uh, build crops. I need to water my crops. And then I've got to wait for the crops to grow so that I can get some resources so that I can so that I can put potions into a thing. And I'm like, okay, I get I get where we're going. <laughs> I think I think I get what we're doing here. Um, but the reason I wanted to talk about it is because one, because Pocket Pair is publishing it, so I thought it'd be interesting. But also because I think people are under a false impression that it's it, it's Metroid or Hollow Knight, and it's it it's not. They threw other <laughs> things in there. There's other stuff in there <laughs> for people to know. As they are wont to do with their games. Yeah, yeah. I um, I did want to try it out because it did look like it might be up my alley, and I was interested to see what they were putting out uh, afterward. Um, I, I think it's got potential, but yeah, don't don't be under the impression that it's going to be an analog for something like Hollow Knight because it's a it, it's a different animal altogether. One thing that is neat though. Uh, as opposed to like a roguelike or something, is that you seem to be able to keep all of the resources if you do die. Uh, so you don't, like, they don't drop on the ground or someplace and you have to go collect them. Um, if you've gotten so many seeds or whatever in the, the dungeons, you just keep them on you when you when you go back. That might change before they do the final release, but I hope not, because that would be annoying as hell. One that everyone's been talking about, I actually did play, uh, and it's called Pacific Drive. Pacific Drive, you probably heard about it. Um, everyone seems to have heard I about it. watched someone do a 40-minute uh, playthrough of it. The video was 40 minutes. They put like six hours more into it after. I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. They're like, I'm not even done with this demo. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's a pretty lengthy demo. I was probably in it for an hour or two um, before I stopped. Uh, and uh, the, the general concept for people who aren't aware is that you're going into this restricted zone that seems to have some abnormal activity going on. Uh, paranormal stuff that... that is the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, so there's stuff going on. You're in this old station wagon, and uh, the station wagon goes into this, this world, and uh, wacky stuff starts happening. And you realize that you uh, are not going to survive these storms very long until you find a garage and you can start upgrading your car so that you can get through uh, the dangerous storms and uh, robots and stuff that are out there in the waste. Um, and so a lot of the game is based around uh, repairing, upgrading, and modifying uh, equipment that you have and also your car so that it can survive better. Uh, get armor, uh, gas up your car... Uh, you know, uh, build crafting stations, stuff like that. So it's got some survival crafting elements to it. Um, one of the neat things that they do is that they have you plan a route uh, on a map, and then you will go to a location that is on the map, and you will uh, then be able to harvest certain resources so that you can build new stuff. 
uh, hopefully so that you can survive long enough to get back to base. Um, I did not, uh, because, because I was under the impression after I did the main stuff in that area that I was supposed to go toward, like, the beam in the sky. They told me to go toward the beam in the sky, and I was like, okay, cool, I can, I can go toward a beam in the sky. I, I apparently died in a storm after I got into the middle of the storm that was the beam, and I don't know if that's just I didn't drive fast enough, or my armor completely died out on me, or whatever, but the thing that I didn't like as a mechanic is, if that happens to you, you go back before you ever entered the area, and I didn't keep anything? At all? Yeah, it, I guess it's a bit of an extraction, like, yeah. extraction shooter-like. Yeah. In that sense, is what I heard. Yeah. Um, so if you do the thing and you die, you don't get to keep any of the resources that you gathered. Yeah, I hate that. Um, because I spent, <laughs> I spent like a half hour that, and it's like, I got all the quests done, I was ready to go, I, I had my new tools and stuff that I would be able to use. I got back to base after, you know, they they got you out, like, oh boy, that was close, I guess the storm got you. And it's like, yeah, the storm totally did get me. I have none of my tools that I that I had gotten along the way. I had none of my new resources, and I'm like, oh, so that was just a waste of my time, wasn't it? <laughs> that was just yeah, a big-ass waste. I don't know that. I don't like that aspect of it either. Like, maybe if you lost the resources you gathered, that's one thing, but, like, if I collected new tools... New tools? And, and, and also, my like, car got destroyed. And also the progress, because it's like, I, I had, like, activated towers and stuff, and I'm like, so I gotta go back and I gotta do all the missions again, too? Like, when I was there? It, you know, there's there, there was a whole thing I had to do in that, in order to, to make that work. And, um... And that all kind of gets lost. Uh, so I don't know if that's going to be the way the game is when it releases, because I think it's coming out, like, now. Uh, it's coming out uh, in a couple days. Yeah, it's coming out in a couple days. And I'm going to be interested to see how other people feel about that mechanic. You know, maybe you could do some stuff in the area, and then I could jet out because I don't want to, like, finish the area and, like, open the anomaly to get back, but they kind of explain to you after you've, after you've, like, switched the breakers, it's like, you can't go back the way you came. You have to, you have to, like, open the rift so that you can get back, and it's like, so I can't go, like, cache my resources and stuff, and kind of... apparently not. Apparently you just have to go toward the, go toward the beam in the sky, <laughs> guys. Uh, so... Uh, from from a look, and, and especially in that early section where you're driving along the road and you're getting deeper and deeper into it and the tunes are playing and it starts to cut out, the radio starts to cut out on you, and you have to get out of your car and refuel your car, it's like, there is actual tension there. There's actually, like, storyline. You CB radio's going in the car and they're talking to you on it, and it's like, oh, okay, this is, this is cool, I'm in it. Um, but it was really when they started to get to that extraction part where I'm like, I, I don't know if I liked how these mechanics work in the game. Um, that's where it kind of lost me. It starts off really strong, though. So if they could keep that kind of intensity the entire time where it feels a little bit almost like horror survival, uh, a paranormal kind of horror survival, I would, I would like that. I think that that's really neat, like something you don't see a lot of the time. Um, 
and you can tell that they put a lot of effort into it, but I, I don't like the, the general extraction kind of gameplay of how they, they make that game loop, because it feels like a very negative reinforcement game loop, that the more stuff that I do out in the field, it's just going to be more stuff I have to go back and do if for any point I fail. I'm a weirdo. I didn't yeah, have the no, Enshrouded I, demo I too. either. <laughs> so. I'm not the biggest fan of extraction stuff either, so like... It would be hit or miss with me, and I feel like with what you're saying, it would benefit, even if just an option to have, like, either you can pull out early, or mm. checkpoints, Yeah. for instance. Yeah. I would have liked saves, save points or, or checkpoints or something like that. That would be great. Or something like a remote storage box, because tons of games will do that, and so that, you know, you can save, you, you can, you can store stuff that you want to you know save for your, yeah. your box or something. you said you had to activate like towers yeah so there's there's like a radio station in the first area that you go to that you have to activate and then they they go like you have to find what were they called there there's certain sites you have to activate so many sites and after you do those uh it, it like activates the rift and so the idea is that you have to get back to the rift uh so that you can get out of the area to extract um, and I feel like if they were to do something like, oh, yeah, when you activate this tower or whatever, maybe you can put a couple items in it, for instance. Even that would be okay. Sure. Like, okay, we're activating it so that we open a rift. Maybe the rift can, can take some stuff with it or, you know, can bank stuff. Yeah. Um, but what, what happened, I think, was that the rift that I opened last was out in a field. Um, and I didn't really know what was going to happen after that. Uh, but they're like, this will open a path back. Okay, cool. So I do that. And then they're like, it's like on, it, it's like a, a big hurry now. I got to get back to the, I got to get back. And I'm in the middle of a freaking field. And so it's like, okay, so the first, like, the, the first, like, part, I have to get back onto the road. So I'm like going over rough terrain to get back to the road and then go down the road and try to pass by all of the little, like, junker robots that are trying to pull me around to, to get to the thing. And if I had been like more aware or maybe maybe i kind of got what they were trying to go for i would have like tried to activate something really close to where the extraction point was um but i was not clear on these mechanics <laughs> at the time might be like if i if i went and played the full game when it came out I, maybe the knowledge of that would help um but uh, but but after I got back home and I'm like, oh, I gotta just do all this over again. I was like, eh, I think I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good now. I get I get the point. I get the point. Yeah. But the one I want to talk about actually is one that I don't think anyone has been talking about called Lonely Space. I don't, I don't think you. It, chances are no one really saw it or anything. I think I think I've actually seen someone play a yeah do a video of that. Oh, yeah? I've been watching someone that I, I've been okay. watching someone else that does a bunch of uh, first looks at games, and they were doing Nexus also. Yes. So, Lonely Space is an interesting one um, because it's labeled as an immersive sim. And Your favorite, my favorite genre. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and and you can immediately tell that that's what they're going for because there is a um, there is a crate in like the beginning area of the game that does not have a code but there are only four buttons on it and they happen to be one four five and zero so immediately you're like oh it's it's oh four five one 
because every freaking game uh, that's in that genre has has a code that is 0451. <laughs> that's like a common thing. Uh, so there's so that that happens, but then once you start to get into it, you realize that it's actually a combination of like Deus Ex and Dark Souls, and it's it's a very odd combination that you didn't think would work, um, but I I think works out okay. Uh, what I mean by that is, it's got the Deus Ex part where you have different ways that you can deal with situations. They give you stealth abilities, they give you shooting mechanics, they give you hacking abilities that you can upgrade so that you can get around doors, you could uh, you could hack into turrets, you could hack into the, the mainframe systems, etc. You could learn to like jump higher or dash faster over obstacles or something like that, or you could get big into stealth, or you could chuck boxes or tools at enemies instead of using your guns. A lot of different elements like that. However, your upgrade system uh, takes you back to a med bay where you take the blood vials, essentially, blood that you've gotten from the enemies that you're dealing with, and you put those into your basic stats that then also upgrade your secondary stats. And in order to do that, they have to kill you and then remake a clone of you. Seems legit. And then when they do that, though, the enemies that are in the base come back except of course for the really big like boss monsters or sub boss monsters like the um uh subject 15 i want to say that's like the big brutish like uh what was that guy from uh resident evil 3 uh, i can't oh, remember yeah. yeah yeah him yep. nemesis x yeah, that one. Well, or Mr. X was in two. Yeah, yeah. But one of them, he's kind of like that big brutish guy, which I fudged because, again, it's one of my fun things about immersive sims is like figuring out a way to cheese the system. Um, I got him into an area where I was in an event and I had like a box and I could keep just chucking the box at him from the vent. He couldn't hit me until he just died. <laughs> just keep, go. keep chucking the giant box of, of uh, canisters at him. So that's how I dealt with him. But then I started to realize that there are enemies where, you know, oh, here's a screw driver. There's like a screwdriver. You could you can like you you can power up a throw, check a screwdriver at some uh, one of the monsters and deal big damage to them. You can uh you you can like shoot out uh the different cameras when they come online. Uh you know, do do a lot of different things to hack hack your way around the systems. And um and I thought that it was a really interesting idea. One thing that they do that I think is really cool is when you get to like the final room of the demo, they have a little uh, little kiosk, and the kiosk will ask you questions about the game, basically feedback for the developers. Uh, but then they kind of go, thank you for playing the demo, and here's a bunch of guns and ammo and uh, upgrade abilities and stuff like that. And if you use those and you go into the chamber... We have some new enemies that you can uh, battle if you go back through the facility. <laughs> and this is like thousands and thousands of blood, so you can upgrade like 50 times, you know, your your uh, stats. So you can put, put a bunch of stuff in there. <laughs> they give you like a Tesla coil gun that you didn't have in the main game. They give you different ammo mods like the incendiary rounds and the shock rounds if you want to toy around. It's like... Have fun, <laughs> and then they send you nice. send you on your way to play through. That's the... actually a really 
that's a really cool way to like end a demo. Yeah, exactly. Congratulations, you got to the end of the demo. Here's a table full of shit to play with. <laughs> and then they it just... makes you wonder when you get to an end of a game like that. Yeah. What they'll do when you beat the game? It's like, hey, you've beaten the game. Now have all this. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I imagine that in the main game you'll get those at certain intervals. Uh, yeah, because definitely. Yeah, and um. I had made notes to them that it would be good to see some more upgrading of the actual tools or being able to scrap some of your old stuff. Uh, you know, some basic ideas. The general framework of the game is very neat because I don't see the, that crossover very often and I thought that it might not work all that well. Um, but the idea of a layout of a facility where you get to, you know, keep unlocking stuff in different ways actually works out really well with the Souls-like formula of the regenerating enemies and, and um, being able to, you know, harvest resources and then use those to upgrade your character. A um, little bit of polish would help out, but that's pretty much it. Uh, and and I, I think I did mention to, to the developers that uh, more variety in how the different enemies act would be helpful uh you just um how, how they attack their movement sets stuff like that um and uh maybe maybe a slight reskin because they do look a little too pristine the enemies look a little too pristine for a broken down um a, a, a broken down space station that, <laughs> that uh that they're in um we need those terrifying clowns we talked about that one time yeah exactly exactly we need terrifying clown monsters in this that's going to be the first mod I, uh, the first mod is just turn all the enemies into Thomas the Tank Engine. Great. Perfect. Love it. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah, so that was Lonely Space, and I think it was the the best surprise out of all of them. I was kind of, like, I looked up Immersive Sims specifically to see what they yeah, had. And, did. and I didn't see a ton that I was very interested in. And this one just kind of looked like, uh -huh. oh, okay, this looks like they're very much inspired by System Shock. So I need to see, and it is, it's very inspired by System Shock, <laughs> but that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing at all. So Nevergrave, Pacific Drive, and Lonely Space were the ones I thought were particularly interesting, the ones I, I wanted to actually discuss. And uh, out of those, the one I, I was most impressed with was probably Lonely Space. So there you go. Side note. Nathan, for Immersive Sims, Sims, not Sims, those are different. <laughs> for Immersive Sims, have you uh, gotten to check out uh, Shadows of Doubt yet? No, I have not, but it is okay. on my to-do list. It, it should be uh, something you try and we can talk about sometime. Perfect, because yeah, I, yeah. I do like that idea. I like the crime... It's it's Drama. really fun. Yeah. I will say, I will say right now, if you if you get it, there are options you can turn on and off in the settings to make it just a little bit more breathable for oh, you. Okay. For instance, you can you can turn off like uh some of the weather effects so you don't get cold as much or like oh, you sure. don't have to maybe you don't have to you don't get cold or you don't get hot or maybe whatever you can turn off some of those things like survival sure. elements because sure. i didn't see they really enhanced the game yeah. for me so like for me it was like oh turn that off yeah that's great i love that yeah 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 um but yeah no it's 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 a game it's like it's pretty fun. yeah shadow of doubt is on my list disco elysium is also on my list and i you haven't played disco mindset. elysium yet no i have it <laughs> have not played fair it. enough fair enough need to 
but I need I figure it, I figure it's kind of one of those games that feels very involved. I can't turn my brain off for that one. I can't play it passively. Yeah. I got to be yeah. in <laughs> to play yeah. that game. Would everyone say that it was a pretty successful Steam Next Fest, or that it was, it was underwhelming? A, it, was, it was a Next Fest. Perfect. I would say it was. I mean, compared to last Next Fest, there wasn't a single game that I did not enjoy. Where good. Uh, I think I mentioned it before in one of your live streams that last the the Next Fest where I played like I think I actually played more than twenty five demos that last time. Mm. But I didn't keep all the videos, so there were some. There was just a handful I just did not enjoy. Right. Right. So okay I, I wish I wrote them down because I could have looked at them again this time around to see if it was better. Sure. But... It's okay to not enjoy games. Sometimes they're not just for us. Sometimes they're just crap. Well, I mean that's also the thing too about them is they're demos. Like, it's yeah. Gonna, some of them are going to be rough anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where you provide feedback. Yeah. Oh sure, sure. But anyway, um, so I guess now that we've uh, next fested it up, I guess it's time to say our goodbyes um, until the next at next fest, which happens. I don't know in Gextober. Uh, Nextober actually is the next next fest. June. What? Great. Looking forward to it. Was it quarterly? I think they do three a year. Okay, so That's yeah, yeah, beginning almost. of the year, middle of the year. Fair enough. I mean, it makes sense with how many demos there are and stuff, and just, like, new games are coming out all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing well, is, they have to submit them to Steam to be a part of the actual Next Fest. So, I guess until we get to that point, we're going to have to say our goodbyes. I mean, we'll have episodes and videos and stuff, but not about this. Anyway... Uh, Alex, if people would like to find out more about Total Pebble Knockdown, where could they go? You can go to TotalPebbleKnockdown.com, where we have all of our wonderful pebbly things. Yep, you can go there, you can check out our Patreon banner, you can uh, find a bunch of stuff over there, including all the crap that wasn't able to fit into the episode. Uh, feel free, all of it, all of it, Uh, you can find all of that, uh, some that's exclusive stuff for uh, patrons. Uh, And also, Clayton... Where can the fine folks out there find you and all of your gameplay? Uh, you can find me on YouTube. You'll just have to look me up because I do not have a link, a unique URL yet. I don't have enough subscribers to my channel yet to have uh. that. Uh, but you can find all my list there. We'll link the playlist uh, in the description box below for yes. you all to watch next Um uh, But I'm also on Twitch. I'm on Twitter. And I'm on... Blue Sky and Mastodon, all under Clayton Calix. Perfect. Uh, so check him out over there uh, for all of your Clayton Galaxy needs, I guess. That, all I, your farming needs, I guess. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't know for if you have a catchphrase. <laughs> I don't know if you have a catchphrase that I'm not aware of. I assume it's Aloha and good night. Gotta farm them all, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can also find us on various social media uh, websites of sorts. I am at Citanium. 
I'm at EXP Limited, and our show is at Pebble Knockdown. So check us out over there. You can also find us on Spotify and all of the other podcast apps. Make sure to rate and review and subscribe. When you Most go. of them. Most of them. Some that we don't Google even know Google Podcasts about. is going away. Google Podcasts is going away. Oh, no yeah. one cares. <laughs> no one uses it. Uh, and they own YouTube, so why do they need YouTube podcasts? Google Podcast and they can just the, the use graveyard. YouTube. Yeah, it goes into the Google graveyard. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much ever expanding. Ever expanding. Yeah, the wide swath of death that has befallen the digital world that is Google. Uh, anyway, uh, so with that being said, thank you for joining us on this next fest special. We will talk to you next time. And until then, you have a nexty, uh, festy day. Next miss. Next miss. Yeah, happy next miss, everybody. Yeah. Happy next miss. I would say the New World experience on launch day was very smooth. Way smoother than past World of Warcraft expansion. Did like, Nathan you freeze? Could, no, you, you didn't. Could, you could focus Did on... Did I freeze? Yeah. I can still hear you, though. Am I dead? You you went Rip. to... You're getting reincarnated in Nimrod. Oh, yeah. That's my internet. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Sorry about that. That's just... Uh, says but developer, the publisher developer... Preferred... Networks. Yeah, preferred networks. I'm not so it's just a bunch of programmers and networkers yes. who were like, let's make a game out of this thing game. This looks like the only thing that they, they have up. The people who make Satisfactory are the same people who make Goat Simulator. Isn't that wild? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Coffee stains ridiculous. Yeah. Frostpunk was really cool I mean, because it, it had moral dilemmas, it had an end goal, it had exploration had all the things that kept me invested in making those tough decisions yeah so i thought it was good frostpunk depressed me so it's... child labor does that to you yeah i, I yeah it, it was it was depressing because just when you think that things are gonna go right there's like a worker strike or there or somebody bombs a building or something and you're like ah, damn it, it never this was going happen.